Good morning, guys. We are on episode 17 of the Polymaths podcast. Uh, I am Chris Frossin. I'm Ashley Callan. And he's all the way over there, so I'm going to move the phone a little bit closer because I didn't pick it up. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Yeah, there was a massive spike. It was a huge spike. Yeah, that was a big spike. Um, So, yeah, um, you can find me on Twitter. I'm Chris Frossin. You can find it's uh, at Chris Frossin. Uh, You can find the podcast which is at PolymathCast, and if you search for me on Facebook, you can find me on Facebook as well, Chris Frost and Photography. Uh, I'm on Twitter, at Calisthenics UK, uh, also CompleteCalisthenics.com, uh, Facebook, Complete Calisthenics, uh, Facebook, AF Marlac, Twitter, at AF Marlac, Instagram, uh, AF Instagram, all, yeah, <laughs> too many, too many social Instagram, media profiles. Google Plus, yeah. everything. Uh, how's your? Because you were starting to um, kind of migrate your website across to um, to Squarespace. To Squarespace. How how was that going? Uh, really well. Yeah, I haven't managed to sort the domain out yet. No? I still can't get my head around that. I might need your help for that. Okay. Um, well, I have my domains and stuff with um, WordPress. So trying to trying to migrate them over and stuff. I can see. I mean, Squarespace make it really easy. They they give you step by step directions. Yeah, you know, step by step guide how to do it, but, but it's WordPress are making <laughs> WordPress are the ones that make it difficult because okay. the buttons that should be there that I should be able to press and the you know form fields that I should be able to fill in aren't there when the WordPress. Because <laughs> right, you've got two versions of WordPress, haven't you? You've got WordPress.org and WordPress.com. Uh, well, I mean, uh, well, just just my general dashboard thing for WordPress um, is where all my domains are, and it's just it's just non-intuitive, really, and a Squarespace are amazing. Yeah, if you think about getting a website. Squarespace. Building. No, we're not sponsored by yeah. them yet. Um, no, we're not. But they, yeah, they. they <laughs> if are, I if I link if really I link um, Squarespace into the podcast, maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll get uh, linked in. Give like ten percent off or something. Yeah, ten percent. Get ten percent off. But uh, no, there's there's loads of people who are around offering uh, Squarespace things. But it's it's a website which I was going to uh, migrate um, my website over to at some point. I mean, we're talking probably next year. But uh, I need to get uh, or I want to get my blog a little bit more regular uh, so I've downloaded the WordPress app on because I'm on wordpress.org not .com so mm. I've downloaded the WordPress app on my I, new iPhone 6 Plus so I can blog you're recording on today so yeah so hopefully the, you should notice a improvement hopefully in the audio quality because we've now upgraded the iPhone there's some common sense for you mm. um, so yeah we've had um, had a had a cool week. Dad's just come in, the hero of last week's podcast. Say hello, Dad. Hi, Dad. <laughs> Hi, Dad. Hi, Dad. Um, we've got loads of loads of good reviews for the last week's podcast, Dad. <laughs> no, we didn't. <laughs> um, so, yeah. yeah, all good. So you've had big week of writing. You've been doing your very yeah. Because uh, last week for me was just you know just really slow and. I felt like I didn't get anything done. It was really frustrating me, and uh, I don't know why. It just seemed like I was I was everywhere apart from my office doing actual everywhere work. Nowhere, and it's just um, yeah. I mean, we are we are moving house fairly soon, so it, it's yeah. We mentioned that last week on the podcast. That's why you weren't around. Yeah, yeah. So schedules aligned. Um, no, so it, it's we've had been packing up the house and getting just stuff sorted and organised, but. Um, uh, still, things just take way longer than you, you hope they would. I, I always, I always get up and think, "All oh, right, well, I'm going to get X, X thousand words written today and do this yeah. much work and blah blah blah." And it never happens. But th- this week, well, t- Sunday was good. I got five thousand words written on Sunday, four thousand yesterday. Um, so I've set myself a goal of four thousand every day this week. Have so you hit, that, Have you hit any writer's block yet? Um, 
No, but uh, no, not not in the traditional sense. No, last week I was struggling just because I don't think the characters or their profiles or their wants and needs and goals and, and um, uh, barriers have been set up enough. They haven't been progressed enough. Right. So I didn't what, know in your head or in the book. Oh yeah, both in my head and in and in terms of like, well, what is the story going to be? You know, um, I don't. I know the overall arc of most novels that I start, most projects that I start before, and I've even put pen to paper. You know, I know the you know beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. I know well what the initial setup is. I know sort of like a big crisis point or the middle part, and I know what the outcome is going to be. So then it's just filling in those those gaps there. Um, but uh, there wasn't enough going on there wasn't enough sort of humanity about it um, last week so I spent a lot of time on Saturday just doing character, character profiles and just thinking of any any old uh, well is it not any old but as many things as possible that the characters might feel or because um, we did uh, when we were doing the TV series we get, we get together like every week and we kind of just work on uh, our little TV series that we were doing and we put yeah. a, lo- a lot of I think the first two or three weeks were just like throwing down Character ideas and what we wanted from each episode, and or even the the, the emotion and the feel the, of each yeah, episode, the what the theme was, but which you suggested, which was really, which was really good. Did you put um, a little bit of that into AL? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's what I've been doing, and it, yeah. it's, it's helped immensely. Um, but it made me realise how much I'm going to have to do for for the, the sort of sci-fi epic solo, whatever it's going to be called, that I'm doing, um, just because there'll have to be. I don't know, 50, 100, 150 characters, something like yeah. that. Um, not that many major ones, but it's solar system wide and the story's uh, such a big scope that it, it's. I'll have to do loads of character development and loads of, loads of you know, all these sorts of things. Because you, you think about the big, the big epics that, you know, the, the, the recent big epics are the last hundred years or whatever, you know, you've got Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, Harry Potter, you know, all these other sorts of things. Yeah, Fifty Shades um, of Grey. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, the the family lineages, the the history of the world, yeah. Yeah. the the um, you know what the second cousin twice removed did, you yeah. know, on uh, you know in the summer of seventy six. J.K. Rowling kind of famously had that kind of all. Yeah, no, I kind of like and never published. I think I need to thing. I need to know that you know because it just seems a lot more real. You know, I've been watching Game of Thrones again. And reading it again, and and um, uh, reading a lot of uh, the Horus Heresy from the Warhammer. Um, yes, Warhammer I was going to bring guys. that one up actually because we were talking about. Uh, yeah. We had uh, Remy uh, send a message saying that if you want to learn, know what an epic is, you need to buy some eyes at Asimov. Um, and you need to read the Horus you've Heresy. Gone, you've got yeah. I was going to say you've gone and got how many books? Thirty-five. It's thirty, I think. So thirty. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I've so read I think books. the first. I've read the. First one a number of t- a number of times, um, and I read maybe up to number four or five yeah. um, before. Uh, but there, I was, I'd always borrowed them or had them from the library or, or, or you know made lent them to me or something. So the Horus um, the Horus Heresy books it's um, it's a it sets it's, up it's the, a the story yeah. It was universe, a, it was a story it? that was kind of in the lore of Game Workshop in, in the Warhammer 40,000 universe for years and years and years. And then when I was there, when I was working at head office, I was a graphic designer at head office at Game Workshop. Um, uh, back in the early 2000s, uh, they started, a few of the people who were writing the lore for the army books and things started writing um, novels as well. And uh, then Games Workshop kind of opened up um, or started a subsidiary called Black Library, which was doing all the publishing 
uh, and it seemed to be it seemed to be a very in thing to do at the time. It was like, but all the all the law writers within the within the company were um, kind of writing and suggesting new chapters, if you like, of the Horus Heresy books, and they were kind of banging them out. So I know a lot of the writers and the authors at the beginning. Um, I don't know what they're like at the at, uh, towards the end of the epic, because you, like you say, there's uh, thirty of them now. But I think it's still going on as well. I think it's not yeah. necessarily finished. Yet. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, yeah, so I bought all those the other week. 30 books, brilliant. Um, yeah. Uh, Got delivered by a lorry. No, well, there's still, <laughs> still, still some to come, actually. Um, the missus like, don't open them, just keep leaving them in the boxes and we can move with them. But, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd have a little look anyway. Yeah, so I managed yeah. to get most of them uh, new. Um, some of them I could only find second-hand. One of them I haven't been able to find yet. Um, I can't remember what that was, but um, uh, I'll have to maybe look on eBay or keep checking on yeah. Amazon and see if they come up. Um, so I can't remember, one, one of my friends who was at, uh, a guy called Gav Thorpe lent me one of the books uh, when it first came out and said, here you go, read this, see what you think, because um, it was one of the first ones that he wrote and I read that one. Um, mm. Very, very cool, very cool. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see what you what you learn from reading a... Well, I mean, a lot, just, you know, it's just a way so, to... Uh, I'm getting a lot better at my descriptive writing and, and flow and pace, I think, and... Uh, uh, I'm looking forward to writing this. I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying writing Ancient Landing, to be honest, but I'm really looking forward to writing this, this epic just because it will be... Um, it won't be a present-day story. Yeah. So even though it's, it's based in the real world, in our solar system and the, the planets are But it's aren't very much your different. world. Yeah, it's, 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 you know, the names are, 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 are created and mythic and, and the... Ashley uh, Callum's Star Wars. The world is and... and yeah, but but more serious than that though. I mean, I I, I was yeah. watching Game of Thrones and I was thinking, well, they have language and sex and like horrific violence and things like that. This it's like, well, you know, it might be even worse in the future. It might be yeah, more. So it might be yeah, exactly. It might be more. Yeah, because you you're not just spread over, you know, seven kingdoms. Then you spread over seven, eight, nine, ten planets and moons and, yeah. and things like that with vast, vast distances between them. You know, justice is not going to be. Swift, it's going to take months to travel <laughs> between places, and yeah. and um, you know I think it will be a bit more uh, uh, make for a bit more intrigue in terms of um, and also uh, you've got to think about things. you've got to think about what kind of state the human race had to become or had to get to to be able to colonise that far. So it had to be maybe yeah. it had to be quite well advanced, um, and maybe there isn't any money because it doesn't work if you have money because uh, on the on the distance of things, so bartering yeah. and swapping and. So, I mean, you know, I've watched a lot of interviews with George R. 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 Martin. Are they week. on YouTube? Yeah, those are on yeah. YouTube, yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, I can't remember the specific names of something, but there's ones where he, talks to, he goes to Google and talks to Google and um, uh, just interviews at you know, Comic-Con and book fairs and yeah. book signings and um, just lectures and things um, where he's on about writing. And it's 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 good. See, he, he said he, he's learned a lot from... Uh, Watching, uh, well, w- watching TV and writing for TV as yeah. well. So he says, you know, you need to. There's ad breaks in TV and stuff, and he says you need to by the end of some some sort of first act, there needs to be a bit of a cliffhanger. And he says he he, he does that in, his, in Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. okay. He ha- has a little bit of a cliffhanger at the end of every end of each character's chapter. Then he yes. says you want to know what happens, but well, you've got to get through a Tyrion chapter yet to, to find out what happens to yeah, yeah, Ned totally. Stark. You know, um, and. Uh, 
Yeah, I think it'd be, it'd be nice to do this, this epic, just because I think the characters will be able to be more exaggerated. You know, because if you've got a mean guy, well, he, he can be ultra mean, or he can be, you know. <laughs> and he has to, I think he has to be, every most characters in in um, fiction are uh, exaggerated. Yeah. Well, you can always blow it out of proportion as well, like you say, because there's such a vast distance between everything. Yeah. Um, you, you, you're going to have... You're going to have to have like an exaggerated character. If if you're going to have a leader of a planet, it's going to have to be an exaggerated character. Yeah, of course, yeah. Purely because of he's, he's going, going to have planet. to have overpowered everybody else and on the planet. Yeah, so. If he's the emperor of the solar system or yeah. or leader of the solar system, he's going to have to be exponentially more. Yeah, he's going to have to um, some kind of uncanny. I was thinking about backstabbing or something. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about the 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 psychology, the mentality of the people that, that the would live in a in a kind of place like that, because you know you've got. You know, you're not just on one planet anymore. But, you know, a, a they, they appreciate how big the solar system is, and they've, they've travelled out, and they're kind of like pioneers. But then they then they also realise at the same time, well, I, I mean nothing. Mm. I'm one amongst billions. What yeah. what possible impact can I have on the world? Hardly anything. And then the more the more the further they are removed from from Earth, and from that from, you know from the from the centre of the the solar system, the, the the more they might feel disenfranchised or just completely disconnected with the world, world. Yeah. yeah exactly um, so I mean that'll take that'll take a lot of time that'll take a lot of planning I think but it's uh, I, I, and it's it was something that I knew I wouldn't I couldn't rush um, before I even started started writing it but um, now having sort of stumbled a bit with Ancient's Landing which is a much smaller novel you know maybe 80-90,000 words um, I just know that I'm going to have to spend much, much more time. It's, it's sort of hit home how much time I'm going to have to spend developing yeah. the characters. But then if you, the if you kind of go back six months and look at your writing uh, and how, how, how far it's come on and how quickly you're now nailing out like Ancient's Landing, Landing. You, keep send, you send me a text every day saying, oh yeah, I did another 5,000 words yesterday. Well, I'm trying to get 50 by the end of the week. And it's like, well, you, you, like, yeah. when you were writing Pegasus, it took a long time to kind of get that down. And then yeah, you it had, was the longest. You had for that, like, really. stints of... Um, oh, I, I did like a thousand words today. I, I didn't do any today, and then and then I'll get another text saying oh, I did ten thousand words like over the last two days. Yeah. I've really nailed it out. So it was very much more up and down. Yeah. Whereas Ancient's Landing seems to be a much more of a maybe it's because of the the style of the story as well. Uh, yeah, it is. It's a lot more. But, um, it's a lot more open, and yeah. I think I've got a lot uh, um, a number of different types of characters from different backgrounds, and and uh, it's kind of like a a more the world would be a more personal novel, I suppose, yeah. because it's it's uh, drawing on your personal. Book. One of the one of the big characters is kind of like the, the well, we talk about a lot of the themes on on the podcast, you know, exploration and knowledge for its own sake and these sorts of things. One of the characters is very much like that, and that's very easy to write. Yeah, to write reams and reams and reams. You yeah. Know? So if you like um, the podcast, Ancient's Landing is going to be yeah very interesting to read. Yeah, so I'm going to uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm really enjoying writing at the moment, and it's it's. Uh, I think yeah. The, the, I was going to say on my little list here. I'd, um, about writing flow, that that's changed within the last week. So before, I was very um, concerned about writing a perfect sentence or what I considered to be a perfect sentence first thing, or getting it perfect yeah. before I moved on. Whereas now, I'll just write. If it's not absolutely perfect, if the flow's not right, doesn't matter. Keep writing. I can go back and edit that, and, yeah. and you know, um, don't get weighed down by the little things because they're exactly easy to, easy to tweak. Yeah, and it's uh, and if I do that, it just interrupts the flow, and and then I'm I'm just and then I 
then I start looking at the uh, new shy of of the writing of the sentence or the paragraph or the chapter, and yeah. it's, I don't need to. I need to look at the whole thing first, get as much done, and then start honing it down and trimming the fat and then adding bits in. And like I said to you, I've, I've been just keeping bits of paragraphs or sentences sentences that I've liked or bits of dialogue that I've thought are quite pithy and stuff. And and um, just even if it's just a couple of lines, I'll just keep it separate and put a divider above and below it. And you know, I'll find a place for it later, or it'll yeah. come into the story yeah. somewhere else. Um, and that's what I've got to get my head around, really, is, is that you know these, these great novels that you read uh, are not put together like, not like that first time. They don't just come together. <laughs> you know, They don't start writing chapter one and end with chapter 30, and then that's it, they send it off to the... Is it Stephen King who writes and then leaves it for a year and then comes back to it and rereads it? Yeah, that's what I've heard, yeah, yeah 12, 18 months or so, and then goes back, sees, sees if it's any, any good or if it's still resonates or something and if it does then yeah if it's you'll do an edit things like that shit i will uh, keep editing so that's that sounds very much like like the flow that you were saying just kind of get it down on paper and then come back to it when your minds are fresh and you're not yeah not kind of bogged down but the 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 hard work almost is already there it's already done and then you can because i hone it sometimes i kind of think if if a story's the story's meant to be then that then the the actual text and and body of the work will be able to come out fairly quick yeah I remember, I remember listening to James Hetfield, we've got our guitars on us now, but I remember listening to James Hetfield say, um, he says, uh, he was talking about writing the Black Album, and he says there's so many great riffs on there, and he says a lot of them just came like that, and he says sometimes you will get a song that just comes together as if it was meant mm. to be. Yeah. yeah. The riff just flows into the chorus, and then you know the chorus comes very easily, and then the vocal melody line comes really easily, and it just, everything happens so quickly, and he says it's, he says those songs are always the best ones, because he says yeah. they're, Everything just goes boom, 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 boom. You know, it might take a long time for the initial idea to happen, for the initial spark. But then once that initial spark has, hap- has occurred, then everything just flows. Then he says, you also you sometimes get songs where you work and it doesn't, and it's a pay, you're fighting against it all the time and it doesn't work. And he says, by that point, we just chuck them out. He says, they're not meant to work. Yeah. You know, he says, whatever. Because there's so many of those on, um, for, for every band, I was watching the Queen documentary a couple of, a couple of weeks ago and they were, ta- they were talking about Under Pressure was written with um, David Bowie and um, Freddie Mercury in an afternoon of them just messing around, going, oh, here's a, here's a riff, I don't know whether you can play the, the doom-doom-doom-doom-doom-doom from, uh, from the beginning of... But, I, 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 yeah, yeah, but that, that, that was just kind of just pulled out of nothing. Uh, and they, they wrote that song in five, ten minutes. And then... Is it something like that? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, do, I can't, do, I can't do, tell do, this do, is do. what a queen to And then um, yeah. uh, a crazy little thing called Love was written in five minutes in the bathtub. And it was one of the, one of the biggest hits kind of thing. So, yeah, it's... it's but for a lot of time... If every band has got like that. As, long as, as, soon as, yeah. the, as soon as the main melody or the main meat of the song, the riff of the song or something, everything just flows off of that, you know? Because, I mean, we were, told, we, were, we were messing around earlier and we, we really should have recorded it because it was, it was kind of cool because you bought your guitar, uh, I'm mm. trying to learn, and... Um, one of the things that I didn't really struggle with, but I'm, I'm struggling to connect with, I played a lot of piano and organ when I was younger. Uh, I played the guitar when I was nine for a couple of years and then moved to secondary school and didn't want to have to carry a guitar to secondary school every day. But um, I played the piano and it, it didn't, I couldn't really see a link. Because uh, like you were saying, if you, if you play all the white notes on the piano, then you're playing in, playing in, a, in a major scale, whereas there aren't any white notes, as it were, on the, on the guitar. But then you were saying that 
um, the, what was it? Was it a mode or a shape? Or the same thing? What was the scale? Uh, well, I mean, because I, 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 I mean, I'm not that great. At, well, I'm not great at guitar at all, really. But I, and it's definitely he not says very modestly. No, no, definitely not theory-wise. And it's I may, but I'm sure there's some guitar teachers that will disagree with me. But I tend to think of um, things in shapes. So I know if I do. Um, that's like a major shape. That's me playing, by the way. <laughs> yeah, so that's so that like one thing that you said was that that shape, uh, whatever, wherever you start that first note is that well, scale. Is, so that's yeah. always that, that shape that you played is a major shape. Yeah. So as long so as you're playing. So basically, if you think about it as, as white notes, every note, every note that's on that shape is a white note. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which which struck home with me and kind of helped out a little bit straight away. So, I mean, is it? I mean, is this? But then again, I suppose you can. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing, and it, it, it's if the thing I struggle to get my head around. I mean, I, I know the modal shapes. So if we did like an A Ionian. I know going up to the next position. Um, so this would be uh, well B Dorian. It's so this is a Dorian, a different shape. It's like it's like if you started on a piano and you went A B C D E F G. Yeah. A major scale. Then you started on the B, yeah. the next key up, and just did B to B, right. C to C. D, you know. So that would, that would be it. So that would be A A Ionian, A major. The next one up. That would be uh, B Dorian. So it's nearly the same shape, but not quite. No, it's, complete, that... it's a completely different shape, but they're the same notes. Just it, that you're just starting on the but next you're note starting in scale. The, oh my god! And going into the end, then then you would have uh, then you'd have uh, what would that be? Yeah, um, would that be C, C sharp? Um, no, it wouldn't be. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, C sharp Phrygian. Right, okay. Yeah, that one there. So the same notes as that. See? But it's start <laughs> yeah. It's just starting at a different oh my so god. So it'd be almost as if you went Right. So that's that's what I struggle to get my head around is is where to use the modes over what what chords, what notes, um, uh, things like that. that. That just takes a long time, I guess. Learning the shapes for me was was you know fairly not fairly you know it wasn't quick at all. But um, I could get my head around that. I could understand that right that that shape there is a major shape. And if I wanted to move that from A to D, I just put the root note on D. Yeah. So that was the thing that helped when you said that. It's like that shape is a major shape. It's, it doesn't matter where you put it on the on the fretboard. It's always yeah. going to be a major shape. Um, I mean, it'd be it'd be nice. Uh, there must be some guitarists out there, and uh, definitely some guitar teachers that that say you know it's good to know all the notes and stuff. And I've, I've try, I have started to try and learn all the all the notes and stuff. Um, but I use some different tunings and stuff on, on different guitars, so it's it can be a bit. Um, it can be a bit of a pain because unless if you play in standard tuning, like I mean, I've got my guitar tuned to um, D now, like a whole step down, um, only so I can play um, you know, a bit of Exodus and stuff. Like 
So that would that would stand differently on this one because uh, you're like a, you're like a, a full. Your tuning there is just standard tuning. So A would be at 440 hertz. That's kind of like um, that's that's the standard. I think I don't know why it's the standard for it. It sort of is. Yeah. So I mean, I think we're slightly out of tune. Well, yeah, we are slightly out of tune. But so that's my E there, second fret. And that's, so, that's my yeah. E. Just yeah, that's pretty tuning. So a whole step down is D. Yeah. So it's um. What are we getting on to? Yeah, I mean, so, so it's, there's yeah, some we there's some guitarists <laughs> that are, that are just amazing. Like we were talking about Ingve Malmsteen yeah. earlier. That ha- he has perfect pitch, though. You see, so he can play a note, you know, and he can just and he knows he knows what note that is. Because he's, 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 he's <laughs> okay. But there's loads of music. I mean, you find a lot of classical musicians have perfect pitch. But one of the things you were saying earlier as well, and I, this this is the thing I've been learning. I I think with my guitar at the moment, um, I've kind of stopped somewhere, and I I, I can't quite decide what to learn next. Because I've been going through and I've been learning all learning all my chords. So. Mm. Kind of just picking through and, and getting the fingers right because my fingers aren't particularly flexible, so I've been trying to get the flexible flexibility right, and then uh, been doing the I can't remember is that a pentatonic? That yeah, little pentatonic. Yeah, I think the little pentatonic. Um, yeah. So been trying to learn that and doing all the chords and everything, but then it doesn't feel like I've actually got. Uh, um, a kind of an end goal, and one of the things you were saying earlier was try and listen to a song and figure out what 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 yeah. key it's in. And see, we were, we're listening to some Nevermore. I popped some, some Nevermore on some. Um, what was the other one I threw on? Nevermore and Dream Theater. Uh, Dream Theater. Uh, oh, what was Dreams. Mercenary. Mercenary, Mercenary Dreams. Um, and. You just kind of it was in it was in about four chords. You were like, yeah, this is what it is. Bang, 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 bang. And you were playing, you like you were saying, you were, it wasn't necessarily the right notes, but it was because it was in the right key. It sounded like you were just kind of strumming along with the yeah with the riff, which was and that's and that's another thing that Ingve says. He's he's kind of like hearing, uh, uh He says you don't have to be the best guitar player in the world. He says if you're and he says that's that's a frustration that he used to have with um, classical. Um, like symphonies yeah. so he's done a couple of things with a full orchestra and he'll sort of say to them oh you know um, this section is in like E minor um, so uh, just just play some play some notes over there just improvise over there and they're like well what, what do you want us to play he's just like well just improvise and he gets really frustrated because he improvises a lot of this stuff because yeah. he knows he, but then he then he says well there's only 12 notes yeah there's only ever twelve notes. Yeah, they, they, they <laughs> might they might sound different. You know, you might have like a um, an A down here and an A. That's your fun A. <laughs> there you go. Fair. Yeah. Both A's, but they're massively different octaves and all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, it took me ages to find an A. Then. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're not. I was like, oh god, I could get lucky here. <laughs> oh no, could get lucky. <laughs> um, so yeah, he can he can just improvise, and he and he was sort of saying to them, "Well, you know the notes that are in the scale, you you know them, so just play notes that are in the scale and improvise a bit." But he says because they're 
classically trained and they're always playing something that's on in front of yeah. them. Uh, I'm not saying all classical musicians are like that. He says the ones that he, he had some sort of exposure to and, and interaction with. Uh, could, only, could only play sheet music kind of thing. Kind of, yeah. He, he says they were amazing musicians. Much yeah. better than he was, te- technically and everything. Yeah. But he said they just couldn't... Um, Free themselves up. Yeah, they, they just were too... They were in a box and they couldn't get out of it. Yeah. You know. Um, and he, But yeah, he says the, 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 the thing to develop as a musician is your ear. Um, you know, being able to pick things out and... and so I mean, when I hear when we listen to that, you know, the Dream Theater stuff and the um, Nevermore and um, uh, Mercenary yeah, stuff, it's just you know, I think it was something like I think that was one of the notes. Yeah. So, see, you've just hit those two notes, and that's that's something like that. That's dreams. Isn't those notes are on the same string just in the scale yeah after a while you, you hear you know that the next in like which where the intervals are because you'll play sort of I know that one step up Is gives that sound if yeah. I went that's happy sound yeah that song isn't happy it's minor so yeah it must be So it's, uh, I used to, yeah, I still spend a lot of time doing that, especially if, um, I mean, it is easy with songs that are kind of like just based around chord changes and, and stuff like that, and, and melodies. It's a lot harder with like a song, um, I'm trying to think of one, um, there's well, a, what, about Nile, really? yeah, Nile, and there's a few Testament things I'm trying to learn at the moment, and it's kind of like, um, I think Over the Wall starts, something like this, it goes... It's a lot quicker, and it's not... The whole thing is just... It's yeah. just D. And it's kind of like, well... But it's messing around... Yeah, there's lots of individual notes there. That's that's when I find it tough. Because sometimes it's too quick for my ear to, to distinguish... And even when I've I've I managed to get a program that could slow down music, and I was trying to learn some Nile, and even slowed down to like twenty five percent, it's still sometimes difficult to distinguish what they're doing, mm. even if it's just sort of like just straight sort of sixteenth notes or something. Even if it's just like even if it's just like that or a pattern or something, it's quite hard to distinguish exactly what they're doing. Um, because you know they're they're different guitarists. They've got a totally different style to you. They've got a to- they've had a totally different totally different influences. They might pick notes or um, change to a note where you'd never ever change to a note, and that that I yeah. think that makes it quite difficult to okay. to learn. Um, but I mean, my my aim is just to be able to. I'd love to be an awesome rhythm player. I'd love to get a lot better at rhythm playing. I'd love to be able to solo and play lead and improvise over chord changes that I just hear. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, but for that I need to I need to know all of my modes and stuff, and I need to be able to. I need to be able to just play anywhere. I know. Okay, this is uh, this is an E D A chord progression or something, or this is just a progression in C or whatever, so I can play like. You found that note, Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that wasn't that wasn't C. I was just, if it was, I was a lucky guess. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd love to be able to do that. You know, I, I, I listen to guys like um, 
Well, I mean, even even you see Kirk Hammett, Alex Skolnick, who's one of my favourite players, who's the lead play, lead uh, guitarist in Testament. And he, okay. he also does um, he also does a lot of jazz, but he's he's properly trained, you know. And um, you see him playing, and he just improvises and stuff over uh, over stuff, and it just sounds amazing. And I and I because I'm pra- I practice scales and stuff a lot of the time, I'll, I'll just end up running box shapes and stuff. And to break out of that, I, I need to be able to just play something just there, a few little bends, and then go up high, play a little run down, do a bit of an arpeggio, and do yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? I, that just but takes keep, years. Keeping in the same key. Yeah, it must must just take years. I, I don't, you, know, you don't see you don't see new players doing that. So I'll be happy to be as good as Ash. No, no, I'm not. I'm, I can copy quite well. Well, I can copy riffs quite well. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm okay at rhythm playing, but it's I, I play a lot of. You're saying you do a lot of power chords as well, which sounds a bit like cheating when you were explaining it to me. The power chord is cheating. <laughs> well, I, 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 the chords, the, the, I, I know more or less. Is it E chord? But what? Then I just make up part of it, or just put. I find <laughs> I find a little pattern that sounds nice, but I don't know what that is. <laughs> like I said in the power chords. Same sort of shape all around the board. Yeah. And then, uh, then you know, look like the. Uh... You know, the, the sort of mega stuff. It's just power chord shapes, inverted power chord shapes, and. and um, I don't even know what you call those ones. Maybe I use a lot of those. Don't even know what they're called. Right. You know, because it's like a it's like a bottom of a triad or something, you know. Um, but I've got no idea what, what they're called or musically what they're called. You just know how to play them kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's easy because I, I mean because I can't do I can't do four chords, basically. See that's it, it's Frustrating because that's all I've spent. Like the the first bit of my guitar life, I was I spent learning or trying to learn all the chords. Oh yeah, but the downside is A C D E F G. Oh, that's not a bad. Finding finding all those ones, and then now I've picked the guitar back up again. I've been trying to get. uh, I mean, a lot of my a lot of my issue I keep saying is is my finger flexibility. So I've been trying to get my finger flexibility better, uh, like playing that the the pentatonic. um, I'm not going to play it off for some reason. I can't play it straight away. So trying to get that because my, my I taught I, yeah that's the one I taught to Sean yesterday yeah so that's yeah, that's yeah. I I struggle with the flexibility on my fingers for that and then also because my fingers are quite fat particularly my fourth when I'm playing like oh, a fat. I've got fat I've got like an you've got big hands yeah I know they've you got they've got yeah. like I don't know they're, they're not pointy I haven't got pointy fingers I've got chunky fingers so whenever I play an, an A chord I kind of hit the last the, the, the top note. Occasionally, oh yeah, yeah, that's what you mean, yeah. Occasionally, the top note will get um, caught out. Um, well, there are there are some really boring exercises you can do. I mean, I, I no, used to. Already, well, I still spend time doing like the. Yeah, so that's another thing I was trying to do. So and boring, but I mean, you know, you need, you need to do that sort of stuff to get. But the... I don't mind boring things like that. I mean, I was playing. I, uh, I picked up picked up the guitar again in the new year because when we did those goal setting things, I was like, well, one of my goals. 
uh, one of my, sorry, not one of my goals, one of my habits was I was going to practice every day, and the practice was I was either going to be yeah. guitar, archery, photography, just reading, something like that. It was just some kind of practice every day. And um, that's, I don't, I don't mind playing. I, again, I can't, why can't I pick it up and play it? See, I mean, try, I mean, if you get your thumb in the back of the neck, yeah. So I mean, because I have mine like that, that's, I suppose, like a classical position. And I, I find I can just... I find it's just sort of uh, a bit easier. I mean, you have, you have got... <laughs> for anyone listening, Chris has got massive hands. But then again, there's a guy called Paul Gilbert that's probably about your stature. Maybe a bit skinnier and stuff, but he's got hands similar to yours. And he's one of the greatest shredders that's sort of ever lived. You know, I mean, his, his technique is, is flawless. And, you're, and you're, once, you get, once you get that flexibility up, you'll yeah. find you can stretch a lot further than I can, just because my hands are smaller. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean? So you'll be, able to do, you'll be able to play stuff that I can't play or I struggle to play because you can just get the stretch point, you know. Um, but yeah, that's one of the things I've, I've been just yeah. trying, to, trying to work on. I can't decide whether it's worth going to get, well, it's always going to be worth going to get lessons, but I can't decide whether I want to... Th- Go get I've never had them. I, I really do want them though, I could, because I want I want to understand music theory in terms of like the modes and things properly. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm not necessarily that interested in playing pop music or folk or, or acoustic type stuff. So that's that's where I I, I would fall down. You know, if somebody says I'll oh, play. Play like some, REM, yeah. yeah, REM, some chord changes. Well, I wouldn't have a clue. I mean, yeah. I, I, could, I could probably approximate the sounds using, <laughs> yeah, using power chords, but or even single notes. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what the hell was going on. I mean, that's to, uh, I don't know whether that's a. Um... But then again, that's not what I like to play. So I'm yeah. like, well, you know, it would be, it would be the same as, as if I said to somebody that plays acoustic, well, play some, play some Megadeth or something, or. or because they would, they would, nec- they necessarily wouldn't be able to palm you, or or do galloping and stuff, you know. They I, just, I love that. They wouldn't necessarily be able to do that. But then I, that I wouldn't be able to do. I, I can't finger pick. No. You know, I can't. Um, there's loads of things I can't do. So it just depends. If you want to be the all-round guitarist, and I suppose you learn everything and stuff. But I've got no. Yeah. You see, I can't. That's a, I, 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 I can't I, quite decide. What I like playing, um, I, I really like REM uh, purely because there are. I mean, I've, I've famously said that there's no REM song. I can put every single REM song on discography yeah, on shuffle and, like all, and yeah, never yeah. have to skip. That's good. Um, and there's the very, very few bands that I can do that. So I can nearly do it with Maiden. Iron Maiden. I can nearly, nearly do it with Maiden. Um, but there's no reason why well, you can't learn both. I mean, I, I suppose Maiden is really is different to to REM, but I suppose they'll still have. Chord progressions. Maiden is just a, is a bit busier on the right hand and the mm. left hand. You know they'll have they'll have gallops and stuff. But um, oh, I often think, think that playing playing metal and stuff and learning to play Maiden will, will, will there's no way that it'll make REM worse. Yeah, REM worse. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you know everything will just get cleaner. Your yeah. right hand will become more accurate. Left hand will become more accurate. You know because um, it's I mean that's why I've always liked metal. It's, it's just because it's kind of like it. it, it was a constant challenge to play, you know, and it was like, uh, and I do, en- I do enjoy playing simple stuff and nice sounding acoustic stuff. See, but, the, the, it um, seems to be the difference between uh, like a 
a good metal player and an amazing metal player is the clarity of the notes that he that he's throwing out. Yeah. Um, like you were saying about Nile, it's it's so. Who's a guitarist in Nile? He was. There's Carl Sanders in Nile's Total Total Eight. Eight. I can't remember which one you were talking well, about. Well, live, was, live, Nile's so sound. precise in terms of their. Oh yeah. I mean, Nile live. Uh, I mean, one of the tightest bands I've ever seen, and that for the complexity of the stuff they're playing, the speed at some of it, it's just mind-boggling. But I mean, these guys just play constantly, twenty-four-seven. The drummer's one of the best drummers in the world. They're definitely, even though no one would have heard of him. Yeah. You know, there's nothing that he can't play, and when you see when you see him playing other stuff, it's ridiculous. He, he looks like he's just. It's no effort whatsoever, no yeah. effort, because it's it's like him playing, it's like him playing, uh, you know, two hundred percent slower than he normally yeah. plays in his day job. It's like Ronaldo playing for Burton Albion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's the thing, and it's. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just want, I just want to. I mean, I just enjoy playing guitar. You know, I, that's definitely one. I of enjoy my, the sound. I just love the sound. The sound of it. So. Uh, I mean, I think it, I think like we're talking about you know the, the simple things like if I'm written for a, a couple of days or, or so, or even. Even a day, I so I sometimes miss having the hands in that position on the keyboard and the sound of the keys. Yeah, you know <coughs> the sort of feedback I get because I'm getting a lot better at touch typing. The feedback that I get of seeing the words come on the screen and typing, and it's the same thing with guitar. I like the way the you know the pick goes into the into the string. You know, if I'm doing like a and when you're doing the archery as well, you like it's that yeah. visceral release when you when you let them go of the yeah or not holding the string. Anymore. I think that I think those. I don't know whether those things are overlooked a lot of the time by people, but I think they are. I, th- I think they've met because I've always been um, trying to trying to not particularly slow down, but just trying to kind of absorb everything and not miss anything. Mm. Um, so, yeah. like when you're walking, when you're, just when you're walking into town or something, just making sure that you're not just head down looking at your feet. You've actually got your head up and you're noticing things and just being aware of what's happening around you. So, yeah, just being appreciative of of, of feelings that. Like you say, those little those little things make a difference. Because mm. um, we did um, we did a photo shoot at the weekend. Yeah, it's awesome um, about that. With yeah. Lindsay and Emily. Um, so Emily of, Love was uh, of, Emily Love was PT. the blonde. Uh, yeah, she was she was <coughs> she's PT at David Road. And she's looking to get into uh, nutrition, which sounds really cool. Mm. Um, but one of my things from the goal setting was that I was going to try and put an idea, I'd like a, think of an idea and expand an idea every day, uh, a, ph- a photography idea, a photo shoot idea. And one of the ideas that I had just, um, I've, I've filled pages of them. It's, really, it's been really good, actually. <coughs> almost almost practising being creative. Uh, and one yeah. of the ideas that I had was a blonde versus brunette, like Jim Off, in inverted commas. And so you'd have... You'd have uh, one of the uh, the blonde like doing a doing a stupidly heavy squat, and the brunette just kind of standing there, not looking very impressed. Um, or I mean, Lindsay's just learning how to do because of your calisthenics book. Lindsay's learning, or practicing, or um, building up to doing one-handed press-ups. So she can do a one-handed press-up now. She wants to try and be able to do uh, a planche of some description. Mm. So I've got to make her some parallettes. So uh, like Lindsay doing a the brunette, uh, Lindsay doing a. Uh, one-handed press-up and Emily looking on not very and then we we had uh, some boxing ones so we did we set the shoot up and one of the I had a few goals that I wanted to kind of hit myself when we were doing the photo shoot not just create really good photos but in terms of the lighting the lighting studio lighting is very um, precise uh, and I love the fact that how much control you have over it and at the moment I don't feel like I've got 
complete control um, over studio lighting. Uh, yeah. Uh, what a friend of mine over in Canada is incredible at that kind of stuff. Uh, a guy called Ryan HK. If you search for Ryan HK on on Google and have a look at some of his stuff, the lighting on there is almost effortless, absolutely effortless, and I love his style. Um, so I was well, trying to get... Like it doesn't look set up. Yeah, absolutely. No. The, it, you can't see... Um, I mean, he used to he used to send me a photo and say, there you go, figure out how many lights are in that. And I'd be looking at it, I'd be like, yeah, well, I think there's, there's a shadow there, so there's got to be a light over on this side. There's a shadow there, so there's got to be a light over on this side. But then if there's, if there's a light over here, then that would be affecting that one. And it's... It's it's so effortlessly kind of set up on the final photo, but it's then very it seems very difficult to, to kind of figure out how he's done it. So I've been I was trying to get that, uh, which I think I got a little bit. I'm not I'm very pleased with the photos and the kind of the setup and how they look and everything, but the lighting was maybe it was the location, but the lighting wasn't quite nailed as I would li have liked, uh, and I had to tweak it all a little bit in post production. Um, but I mean, some of the photos are cool. There's a, there's a great shot of uh, Lindsay. So Emily had a set of boxing pads. Lindsay had a pair of boxing gloves on. They were just kind of the the, the whole premise was uh, Emily was helping Lindsay train. Um, so the blonde was helping the brunette train, but the brunette was just taking it a little bit too seriously. So I've got a photo of her of Lindsay throwing a right hook, and the hook has just gone right through the pads. Uh, the pads have kind of gone everywhere, and Lindsay's completely turned round. Um, with the with the glove coming straight to camera, that looks really cool. I like that. Mm. Um, and then there's uh, a couple of ones with the tug of war, which is really cool. But yeah, if you I mean if you if you want to have a look at the photos, you could pop on to Chris Frost in photography and have a look at the blonde versus brunette gym off. Um, yeah, they did it. They did it really good. The, the, it was a yeah. lot of fun to do, and Lindsay uh, Lindsay had a lot of fun. Uh, helped her confidence a lot. She said she came out of it with a big grin on her face because uh, I mean yeah, her her, before, her abs were just like popping. I think it was really cool, really, really cool. Um, and then we did uh, just some like studio stuff at the end on a white background, just them two just goofing around and having a bit of a laugh. So yeah, it was good. Mm. Uh, a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we had um, we had some more news. Was it for Japanese uh, car magazine? So um, I've been trying to email uh, a fair few magazines. Um, luckily, one of the magazines that I shoot for, Retro Cars, their publishing company, Kelsey, is one of the largest publishing companies in the UK that have automotive magazines. So things like Jaguar World um, and Total Vauxhall, uh, Retro Cars, um, a few a few other bits and bobs like that. Uh, even like a tractor tractor magazine stuff, which is a bit odd. Mm. But um, so I've been emailing all the editors from there, uh, saying, look, I shoot for. Retro cars, Total Fox, all. Have you got any? If you've got any shoots coming up, then please consider me. Here's my portfolio, kind of thing. I've been getting some really good feedback from those, and then I emailed because I love my Japanese cars. Anybody who knows me knows I love Japanese cars. I've got a '76 Galant outside that's being finished off this year. That must be running by summer. Yes, it will be running by must summer because be. I need to photograph the hell out of it. It's a ride in it, and I need to take you out. And it, I, yeah, it's, it's just going to be awesome. Drive it, drive that down to Norwich to see. You. That'd be cool. You'll hear me yeah. coming. <laughs> Driving up a is, it, is it loud then? Yeah, it's loud. It sounds awesome. It's got um, it's a two point six liter turbo engine in there. The turbos, basically, the turbo um, on an engine will always quieten the exhaust note because it acts as a little bit as a silencer because that's where the exhaust gases go through the turbo and then go back into the engine. So the turbo 
and quietens down the exhaust pipe a little bit. But after the turbo, one of my friends down in Bristol, a guy called Rich, uh, has made it's just a single straight through exhaust pipe from the turbo. It's two and a half inches all the way back to a cherry bomb on the back. Uh, it just sounds incredible. Um, yeah, so. Uh, what are you doing with it now then? I need to, it's got a starting issue, uh, it's still got the same starting issue that it had uh, like last month. Um, I've fitted a new starter motor um, and the starter motor needs a starter solenoid wiring in, um, so I'll need to wire that in. There's no then, road tax on it, is there? There is road tax until next year and then there's no road tax. 2016. Yeah, Amazing. 2016 there'll be no road tax. <laughs> 2.6 turbo. What, I mean, what's something, so, like that, what's something like that like to run? Is it... A thirsty on the petrol, I guess. Um, I don't know. I'm guessing it, it shouldn't be too bad. It shouldn't be too bad. No, but because we're at 2.6, isn't that outrageous? I mean, 2. 6, it's not a massive two, car. Yeah, it's not, no, it's not massive and it doesn't weigh a lot. So, yeah. uh, depending what the, uh, depending on what, I mean, driving around the country roads, it's not, uh, I'd be surprised if it gets into the 20s. Uh, it'll probably be something like 14, 15, because wow. driving on country roads is a bit of a fun. But hopefully on the motorway, depending on the revs, it, should, it shouldn't be too bad. What gearbox? Four-speed, five-speed? Uh, it's five-speed five speed straight from the uh, Starion that the engine's out of, Mitsubishi Starion. So for those in America, it's a Mitsubishi, Mitsubishi Conquest. Uh, it's got one of those engines in it. Yeah. But yeah, it's a bit of fun. So yeah, the Japanese so performance it's kind of like the magazine. Japanese muscle, is it kind of like a, the Mitsubishi muscle car? Because it looks like that. It looks like a Mustang. Yeah. The Japanese kind of ripped off in the in the 60s and 70s um they ripped off a lot of car designs so like one of my favorite cars ever is the toyota 2000 gt which is a toyota jaguar e-type it looks exactly like a jaguar e-type but with a little bit of a toyota twist stunning car beautiful thing mm. and then the, the galant looks very much like a mustang those? sorry can you still get hold of those yeah you can get hold of them if you've got uh, three hundred thousand pounds and you want to go to japan and buy one really yeah on a fur toyota <laughs> Man, isn't it? £300,000. Uh, it's more expensive than an E-Type. You get a DB5 for that. You could get a DB5. You could get a tripped out DB5 for that. Wow. Um, yeah. But are they, rare, are they rarer though? I mean, did they make uh, Yeah, well, I'd imagine they're rarer. Uh, you can still pick them up in Japan uh, reasonably readily. I've, I've got a... Um, there's a Japanese auction site called Goo.net, which I kind of pop on every now and then just to kind of drool over some of the cars that are on there. And there's, there's quite regularly one on there. Yeah, um, and there's quite regularly a Mitsubishi Galant on there as well. Um, mm. I think it was on my bucket list that we did at the beginning of the year to go to America, to go to Japan, buy a car, and then drive it back to well, home, wherever home is at that at that point. Yeah, um, yeah, that would be, be, cool. be immense. That'd be cool. I'd love to do a sort of. I'd love to do some sort of road trip. I mean, I mean, me and me and Siobhan want to do one around Canada. Yeah. Um, in the not too distant future. Calgary, um, Alberta. Yeah, but we want to. Halifax, uh, Nova Scotia. Well, I mean, I want. I, <coughs> I'd like to buy a house in London and just start renting it out. Yeah. Um, just because the prices down there. I mean, if you if you're in the states and stuff, prices in London are ridiculous. They go up ten. Well, in certain in some places in London, go up ten percent every year, year yeah. on year, and it's just unstoppable. You know, so if you can get on the on the property market there. I think a friend yeah. of mine made fifty thousand pounds in a year. Yeah, I can't remember um, that. Buying a, I can't remember how much it was. Was it? A, it might have been more than fifty thousand pounds. But he bought, he bought one cash, um, and kind of held on to it and rented it, and then sold it literally like eight, nine months later for, for stupid amount, stupid amount. Yeah, 
It's stupid, isn't it? I mean, I, I think that, that's what I like to do. I mean, I, I, obviously we've spoken about <coughs> monetary, monetary goals, but for me, I'd like to not necessarily rely on the thing I do as a day job for yeah to, for, to be financially secure. I mean, I don't know if that's possible. Well, it is if you get if you get into property and things. And and it's funny the place that we're moving to in in um, in Norwich is uh, or in Norfolk, I should say. It's not Norwich. Um, Norfolk is uh, for any Americans, it, it's or anybody not in the UK, it's it's the county on the west. Sorry, not west, the east side of the country. It's quite a bit, quite a huge county, isn't it? Really, yeah. huge, huge district. Um, so if you look at the U, if you look at the map of the UK or England, uh, there's a bump on the on the on the, the right hand side. On it's on the top side. top yeah. east side. It's the northeast side of that little bump. Um, but there's uh, a couple of property developers that have bought a. Um, mansion, by mansion, the way. yeah, more or less, yeah, yeah it's like twenty odd rooms or twenty five rooms or something, and um, <coughs> yeah, that they they just rent out individual rooms there, um, all inclusive rent and everything, and and uh, we we'd like to buy it somewhere in the sticks, you know, um, so that's why we move in there, um, but yeah, it would just be nice to you know just seeing them. I mean, when we went to to view the place, um, the the landlady's husband was there, and he had his must have been his either accountant or uh, business partner or somebody who's a, who's a lot younger bloke. And they were they were looking at plans for another barn conversion that they were doing, and and I think they rent out at least thirty or forty places. Wow! Um, so that's the way to do it, you know. Yeah. It, it, it's because then I then I then I could write, and I, it could not be right. I've got to get this book out now, you know. Yeah, there's no pressure on it. No pressure, and which um, hopefully, I mean, calisthenics is is helping a little bit with that. De- yeah, de- oh, de- absolutely, yeah, definitely. Um, oh yeah, but to, yeah, meant to mention the translations. Yeah, so yeah, this year should have that calisthenics book out in English, obviously, German, American, uh, Spanish, <laughs> uh, American. Yeah, <laughs> Spanish. And, it's been translated uh, for you, American, and Chinese as well. Yeah, yeah. All those contracts have been sent off. So I'm, I'm, I'm over the moon about that. I, I never thought it would, yeah, it would do that well. I thought it would just, you know. Um, bringing a bit of money to that's just you know, it, it just got picked up by the publisher so early on. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know if anyone knows the story, but I, I, I self-published the book and, and produced an A4 paperback through Create Space, you know, an Amazon subsidiary, and uh, that was about f- just under four hundred pages, three hundred ninety-odd pages. So a, a big book, really, loads and loads of pictures. Obviously taken by it was truly it's there. Yeah. Um, and Six, uh, 650 photographs? Yeah, yeah, a lot over, of over 10 hours? <laughs> yeah, yeah, over two days, that was intense, that was. Yep. That couldn't have gone better, though. Couldn't nope. have gone better. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think it'd been out for a couple of months. It's it sold, I think we'd got up to sort of maybe like a 600 copies or so, maybe, um, per month, like after sort of a couple of months, which I was, I, I couldn't believe. I thought I'd sell you know, a handful of copies the first month, it might yeah. get to a high high hundreds maybe, I don't know. <coughs> and then um, I spoke to a guy called uh, John from Lotus Publishing and he said, oh, you know, I'm looking at your book now on, on Amazon and we just had a chat for about an hour and he said, he said right, he said, um, yeah, I, he said, right, I'm, I'm going to buy a copy now. Um, once it gets delivered, I'll, I'll have a read through it, Ash, and then um, we'll, yeah, we'll see where, if it's something that we'd, we'd want to take on. And Literally, he was, his company, Lotus Book, was the first one in Google. I just typed in fitness and health strength Book publisher or something, you know. Oh, really? UK and loads, loads of publishing came up. Went on the website, Bang. saw that they did more or less, you know, textbooks, very, very good, informative, high quality books. And I thought, oh, yeah, this guy, this guy's obviously awesome, you know. Um, 
And I wasn't necessarily looking for like a the biggest publisher in the world because you know if you keep it small and stuff, and it's just a small company that you have contact with them all the time. Yeah, and, yeah. And um, uh, yeah, you might not make as much money, but it's kind of like when anything that comes up, John emails me, says, "Is this okay?" He doesn't have to ask my permission, or you know, because he's got the rights to pay right now. You know, he, he's and he'll do whatever he does. He's going to be in the best interests of of himself and and the oh, book the selling book, yeah. more copies. Which but it's more personal. You're kind of paying for the more personal experience. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and, it, and it, it's it's. I mean, I'd I'd publish another one with him if I had the opportunity in a heartbeat. You know, it, it's yeah. it's been a, 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 such an enjoyable process and stuff, and and the. The, you know, publicist daily that, that gets in touch, um, you know, with articles that she needs writing and, and all this sort of stuff. She does all the, the um, uh, liaising with all these other foreign publishers and translators yeah. and stuff. And it's it's yeah, it can be uh, can be Brilliant. a better experience. Did he get so any I'll copies be... of the magazines? Because I've, I've I forgot to go into. No, the, not yet. The they come in. The... Oh no, I didn't actually. No, I was, there was one. one. I can't remember which one was the first one that came in. Well, it's funny enough. There's there are articles coming out for healthy for men. I think, um, I think that's hundred percent uh, articles. Articles, yeah. Oh, okay, a few. I think so you've got six. A set of them. Over, nice. over over a, over a period. I haven't read all of them yet, but we've put kind of like um, the thing into place for it. I haven't heard any more about it. I mean, I think I've submitted the first one. And the Guardian one's not hundred percent. She said oh, I've lost contact with with Kate, so it might not. But she might just be really busy. Her voicemail's full. Yeah, right. When she wow. when she rings her, so um, I guess he's. I, I guess any newspaper, any big newspaper like that is just yeah. hectic, hectic. Um, so yeah, it would be uh, it would be nice to get get stuff in there. Not the end of the world if I don't, because it's like we were going to talk about social media, weren't we? Yeah. Um, trying to get try, trying to use social media in terms of. Um, well, it's it's it's, it's free, basically it's free publicity, isn't it? And there's loads of people who have made quite a lot of money telling people and teaching people how to use social media in terms of a business and a professional um, I think you environment. Meet, you meet the people and you get to get in contact with the people that are in some things you're selling or producing or doing, you know, I think it's, it's a lot yeah. better. It, it's, I, I've, I've not really had any negative no. comments or feedback or criticism or, or, or not that's a good thing because you, well, you need to hear that sometimes as, as someone that's either writing or Taking pictures or doing anything creative, um, but because you know that the people on Facebook or on email or, or through the website or anything, they're they're going to that place because they want to learn about it. Mm. Yeah. So you wouldn't get people that just want to slag you off going and wasting their time doing it. So it, no. it's it's a really positive. And then, um, for instance, yesterday I was on Twitter. I, I I'm spend I'm finding I'm spending more and more time on Twitter. Actually, Twitter's Twitter's starting to be uh, I mean I've got my, my Twitter account has got a stupid amount of tweets on it because I've been on it for years and years and years but just recently I've been on a, a little bit more proactively in terms of photography and I've found or stumbled across a photograph uh, by a guy called Tim Wallace who is my friend on Facebook a brilliant automotive photographer and uh, he shoots for Morgan and Morgan put a photo up uh, saying that they were going to the Geneva Motor Show uh, and their new car was being unveiled, and it had a photo on the attached to the tweet. Uh, and he was like, "I'm sure that's one of Tim's photos." So I just sent him a sent him a, a, a retweeted it and copied him in and said, "Is this one of your your pics?" And he sent one back saying, "Yep, yeah. uh, it's kind of cool that they're using this one to promote the Geneva Motor Show, their their car, the Geneva Motor Show." Mm. So I sent a message back 
saying, really cool, I like Morgan, here's one, here's a photo from my factory visit, uh, copied in the Morgan, Morgan Motor uh, Twitter, and that got retweeted in two hours about 36 times, just like me retweeting and having this conversation with Morgan and Tim, and then putting up my photo on there, and then Morgan sent me a message back saying, oh really cool, I remember that day, it was really good fun, well, how are you doing? And um, so I'm now back in contact. I mean, not that I haven't been out of contact really, because they've, they've Morgan have been retweeting a fair few photos that have been popping up. But I've kind of been back in contact with Morgan, and when they get a new car or the, the, when they've got a, like a press release coming up, they're going to invite me, and I'm going to go back down to the Morgan factory again. So it's just, Amazing, yeah. and then um, the Hakusuka Skylines, which the, the that photo that I put up yeah. uh, shot before Christmas. That was because of social media. I put a photo up of a skyline on Facebook saying, if anybody's got one of these, this is my favourite car. I really want to photograph one. And um, that came through. And then recently I've had a real big urge to photograph a 911 for no reason at all. don't know why. I just really want to photograph a 911. So I did the same thing. I did it on Twitter this time. I just sent him out a message saying, does anybody know of a 911? Um, an old classic 911, because I really want to photograph one. And... Um, there's a company down in Essex called Paul Stevens 911s who do classic 911 restoration and like up upscaling kind of thing. So they'll they'll upgrade classic 911s. And they sent me a message back saying, yeah, definitely give us give us a call. We'll sort it out. So I phoned them yesterday. Wow. Uh, none of the guys were in, so I sent them another tweet last night, and I got a reply today um, saying, yep, yeah, just just phone up and ask for Paul, Craig, or James. I think. I'm going to phone them, phone them later on and sort that out as well. So it's just making sure that you... It's such, it seems to be a pleasurable way of promoting, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then obviously one of our listeners, Guy, sent me a message saying, oh, I'm just sat in the hospital, I'm reading Pegasus 1. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so that's was, cool, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's just like, yeah, I don't yeah. read, but uh, I'm actually reading. I, I know he doesn't read, he can't read, but um, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm guessing his son was reading it to him. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, yeah he's, he, he was sat in the hospital reading Pegasus one, so. That's cool. That was kind of cool, yeah. Yeah, but, so I suppose it is a. I think social media has made. made it's made. It's accessed. made things possible that, yeah. that weren't necessarily possible, you know, because it, it's. If you think, how, how would you have done photography back in the day when there weren't these things mm. about either send letters out or mm. cold call people or I don't know really I, mean, I don't know how you would how you would have done it we're not from that sort of generation are we I mean it, it's yeah I mean if 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 you go back to the beginning when I kind of restarted photography there was a there's an online class that I've talked about a lot called Creative Live uh, where I was watching like professional photographers t teaching stuff but then there's a chat room attached to the to the workshop as well, so you end up chatting to photographers as well, and then I've met like the, the guy I met I mentioned earlier, Ryan HK. I met him in a chat room on a not in that kind of chat room, in a chat room on a photography workshop. Yeah. Um, and then we had Google Hangouts with him and six or seven other photographers regularly. Um, so yeah, it's, it definitely opens some doors. Uh, it's just whether you're using it Correct, efficiently, yeah. kind of thing. I mean, I want, that's one of the reasons why I want to restart my blog a bit. Um, I mean, it's 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 kicked off because I've been putting the podcast up every 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 week. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, that's one of the reasons why I've downloaded that WordPress app on my iPhone so I can blog mm. a little bit more readily. Um, yeah, and if I can yeah. sort out the 
sort out their website so that when you hit on the my blog bit's called um, my diligence um, because of the wise man I've got a little quote from the wise man uh, on my website if you want to go and have a look at that chrisfosson.co.uk um, yeah. and then the blog I'm going to separate the blog down into polymath podcast and photography blog and just to make it a little bit more more easy to navigate yeah yeah definitely yeah. and you yeah. want to get your fo- you want to get a forum up which sounds really cool yeah I've been meaning I, 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 that's why that's why I had to move that's why I wanted to move to wordpress.org but that was just an absolute nightmare yeah. um, so I thought oh, I'll just start and Squarespace site and everything is a lot better anyway it's a lot cleaner and it looks I've managed to get it looking like the book so it's almost wow. like a, a theme you know between I meant to I meant to send you the background actually you know the background that I use on all the oh yeah yeah. Um, the, um, I could send you I could send you that background that would be very cool because um, yeah. that was that was a photoshop creation so I mean, uh, yeah, I think well, uh, myself. There's a company called uh, I think they call it Mute. It's M W T dot com. Okay. And they they you know you can just get a forum and. Oh and really? Yeah. Nice. It's it's quite cool because um, Squarespace don't do it yet. I don't think. Yeah, I would imagine it's going to be coming. Yeah, yeah, they they do say it is. Yeah. Um, so I thought I'll I mean, just. It's still quite a. Because I've had a few people ask say you know it'd be good to have a forum and stuff. But I don't do if there's if there's going to be different language editions. I do need diff, different languages there. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure I can just put in different language forums, can't I? I can just say, right, this yeah. is the English language yeah, forum, yeah, totally, Spanish, totally, Chinese. Totally. Um, and I'm guessing it wouldn't need that much of a uh, moderator for the first for the first bit, but then um, the moderator will probably kind of stick his head out anyway and say, look, yeah, I'll moderate this for free. Yeah. Moderate, yeah. moderate this for you. Yeah. Um, there's plenty of plenty of those kind of people around. Because I want to I I build that community up, you know. For, for me, it's about, uh, you know... It, I mean, castings wasn't just something that I thought, oh, I can make some cash out of this. I, I, I did it for years and thought, this is, this is the type of training that, that well, everybody should be doing. Everybody should be doing it. You know, everybody can do it because it yeah. doesn't really require much equipment. Everybody can do it because it's tailor-made for their own body weight, yep. for their own body dimensions and everything, and, and mo- people have been doing calisthenics every it's day of their lives anyway. built-in safety check, hasn't it? Exactly, yeah, yeah. I mean, because it's, it's, you know, anybody can, like I've said in the book, I think, uh, anybody can load up a barbell with 200 kilos and try and squat it. Yeah. Or try and bench whether, it. Whether, whether you're successful or not, it's a different yeah, exactly. matter. But yeah. Um, if you want to make a body weight more tough, you increase the length of the lever that you. Yeah. That and, working. you know, people can't just do a planche and injure themselves yeah. because they can't get into the position in the first place. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. kind of like, you know, people can't injure themselves doing like a, a muscle up because they can't do a muscle up. Yeah. See what I mean, and, and it's um, it's like when I started trying to do the levers. I was, start, I was starting with a tuck lever. I could do a tuck lever. What was it? About three seconds, two, two or three seconds by the end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when yeah. we stopped, I, I could. Do, but trying to do it in the first place, you kind of pulling up into that pull-up position and then dropping down into the lever. I couldn't hold it at all, uh, and it was a, a real struggle to kind of get your body and get your shoulders to hold your body weight. And then obviously it just gets better and better and better. But yeah, it's brilliant, brilliant form. So that's, that's why I thought a forum, a forum needs to be. You know, I've had a few people say, oh, you know, uh, the website's looking a bit dead. And to be honest, I don't update the website anywhere near as much as I do, say Facebook and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I do get a fair number of visits to the and the, the, the website is in the back of the book. You know, recast.com. Yeah. Or in I'm the guessing. Website. I'm guessing uh, with Squarespace, you could kind of link it with your Facebook. So whatever you do post, will come straight through to Facebook anyway. Absolutely. So you're yeah, almost absolutely. doing both. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's a really, it's a really and awesome. your Twitter. Yeah, it's a really awesome site. No, um, really cool. Really cool. Yeah, what else do I have? Um, there was that um, Mars mission. 
Yeah, well, I saw this just before um, we came on air. <laughs> just before, just before just we came, before on air. came on air. Just before the um, big red on air light flashed. Yeah, there, there was uh, this this Mars One project that I've, I've read a bit about before, but their idea is that they're just going to send people to Mars and not have any plan on bringing them back. <laughs> and just keep sending people at intervals of, I don't know the intervals actually, it might be a year or 18 months or whatever it is, uh, just keep sending people time after time until they get, until they get the technology to either uh, build a permanent habitat there that can just exist through you know solar energy and chemical energy and all the rest of it, um, and, and you know, regular sorts of supply missions. Um, and then they'll work out a way to get them back later. Brilliant. Because they, they're, like, they're correct there. I mean, they, they say, well, we can get people to Mars right now. We just can't get them back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just for me, I mean, because I was thinking, of, <clears throat> this actually comes into Ancient's Landing, the novel I'm writing. Because I thought, uh, I mean, have a, th- have a sort of event happen on Mars, and there's a bit of a disagreement over whether NASA went to Mars in the 60s or not. Right. Um, and then, there's, and then I was thinking, well, and it got me thinking, you know, just sort of, uh, not what I was writing, it got me thinking, well, the only difference between going to the moon and Mars is the distance, more or less. It might be slightly more difficult to land on Mars, say, or maybe it's slightly easier, I don't know. Um, maybe we'll have to find ways of slowing down, yeah. gravity and stuff. I, don't know, I mean, we've landed on an asteroid, so, yeah, bloody everything. So surely the, the only difference is the time that they're in that transit. Yeah. So, um... I suppose it's completely possible, you know. I love, of, I love that idea. Bloody long way. I love that. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Twenty-five thousand miles an hour for six months or something. <laughs> it's a long way. But, isn't it? but no, that, that, way. that little that little idea that we kind of threw around when we were talking about the TV series, like, well, how do we know that we're that's the end game? We're probably just we might just be shipping humans off Earth. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's exactly, so, yeah. yeah. It's, Six six at a time. Six yeah, six at a time. Yeah, maybe maybe. Only, only a billion more trips. But, yeah. <laughs> how so much you, does it? How much does it cost to uh, to, to to get rid of? Because uh, I think uh, maybe that's the expensive bit. Is, is well, no, I mean it's not expensive bit. I think the problem is that is getting people back. So I guess if they, and I can see their logic, but that's going to take some balls. Mm. The people that signed up to that, and like we're watching Interstellar, and it, it's. You know the if you haven't seen Interstellar yet, go and see go it. And bloody well see it. If you haven't seen it, spoiler alert. Um, when they when they meet um, Doctor Man, yes, on his planet, brilliant, and he says, yeah. he says "You know, pr- pray you never you never know what it's like to not see a uh, to think that you've never seen never a human face." Human being, yeah. And he's been there for ten what ten years or something stupid like that. Um, you know, a decade without seeing anybody, and he thought he thought he could die there. Yeah. He says as soon as he landed, he knew that he was doomed and stuff. And he said he put. Well, he, said, he was saying, you know, I put, I put off for years pressing that, pressing that button, you know, pressing that because he says all. I, he says I knew I only had to press one button that would send a signal out saying this planet is potentially yeah. habitable, and then I knew I might. There's a possibility that people yeah. might come and save Survival. me. You know, um, which is which is uh, again the premise of a film that we both went to see recently, which is Ex Machina, which I thought was actually very very cool. I thought X Machine was amazing. I'm really, really, really glad they didn't finish with a Hollywood ending. Brilliant. Yeah. Maybe they could have finished two minutes earlier. And it's a bit open. It's a bit open. Yeah. So you, like, does he? Does he? Well, I say if you haven't seen it, <laughs> if you haven't seen alert, it, you need to go see it. it. But massive spoiler alert. But when it, yeah, it's at the end, when he when he can't get out, I was thinking, fuck. 
does he get out? Does he not? I love it. No, no sound. No sound because it's all insulated. So he's smashing on the door. That you can't hear anything. I love the fact when when the pool assessed. and you realise straight away. You think oh, she was she yeah. was tricking him. She was you yeah. Know, and, and then you realise that right. Well, the AI does work. The AI yeah. is working. There. Yeah, he's, he's, absolutely. he's managed it absolutely. Um, and but yeah, three characters more or less. Yes. Just yeah. How cheap? How cheap was that film to make? And written, directed, and produced by the same guy. By the same guy. First film. How cheap was that to make? How much is that going to make him? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, not not even that. Just the achievement. Yeah. So achievement. So cool. If, if, I, if I, I could, really like that. Actually. If I could be involved in or achieve anything like that, sort of creative, create creatively or artistically, then I'd be I'd die a happy man. I think. I was thinking um, as well. I was I was thinking that watching that got me thinking. You know, when we were writing the script to the TV series. Yeah. And um, we were. Which will you be pub- which will be produced one day. Yeah, we will we will we're, produce it. We will get is, it sorted. This is a mark in the sand now. Yeah. The um, when we were going down and you were doing the what did you have blue for th- things that were happening in the environment and then green for text uh, spoken green for word. Dialogue, yeah, when we were writing the so green for dialogue and things. I was thinking if you how much of things that you see in that film like that film was so good in terms of little bits that were happening how much of that is written in the actual screenplay and how much is like the director going okay well I've got an idea I know exactly I mean it, it was it was it helped because the director was a writer and everything but it was like I know exactly what I want from this um, scene but if you actually look at the scene on paper it's a page long and there's four directions um, Robot is in room. So and so walks into walks into room and start having a discussion. Like all the little bits, the the the, the shots and the angles and the little um, shots of her eyes just kind of catching and making little glances and micro expressions here, there, and everywhere. They're not written in the screenplay. That's the director. That, that's got to be the director going. Well, I suppose if the director's the I need to, writer, I need to, yeah, that's, that's got to be a massive, massive pull. Mm. A massive advantage, but then even if you get, when you're going back to uh, think of a think of a film that was written and directed by somebody else, or written by somebody and directed by somebody else, but uh, I don't know, Blade Runner, Wolf of Wall Street, which you haven't seen, Wolf of Wall Street, like the director's on there and he's saying, right, well, I need to, I need to explain this scene. This is what's written on the paper. I'm going to have to add, or I want to add this little bit here. I'm going to get a. a and I wonder if I need to get a camera on I know. set. They must. They must have to be. Sometimes they must have to work close to the director. Just that. Surely. That after working because this is the first film that I've seen after working on like the uh, the little bits with you. Um, and basically, I'm for for any of you who don't know, I kind of sit in the back going, oh, "What about this? What about that?" And Ash does all the work. Uh, no, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so but, no, uh, Chris, mate, you, uh, I would never have thought to start uh, think of a theme, the the specific theme of an episode. So anyone does know we've got we've got potentially. Well, we've planned ten episodes. Yeah, and on each episode, this crew land on a on a on a, a celestial body, a body yeah. system, and, and uh, events happen, and, and all this sort of stuff. It's both educational and visual, and and uh, inspiring, yeah, dramatic yeah. at the same time. And it's Chris's very good idea to have to for each episode to write down just words, phrases, uh, feelings that we got from or we wanted to portray. Yeah. So maybe colours. So so you know, yeah, even that's colours. So Mars would be red and kind of like. Intense and angry, and, and not not say angry, but um, uh, hostile. Yeah. Um, yeah. Barren. 
but the moon would be kind of like uh, it's kind of like the first step. It's a long way, but it's only the first yeah. step. You know, it's grey. It's it's very quiet. Uh, you know, uh, uh, retreading old steps. You know, through history. You yeah. know, I think we even came up with the second first. Yeah, step. you came up with the second first step as the as the um, episode title, which I thought was awesome. Yeah, and all those things came from putting the you know, and I would I would I wouldn't have maybe I would have thought of doing that in the end, but obviously you yeah. you said um the screenplay thing, no, the screenplay I've I just like writing the the screenplay and the, the directions and the dialogue, um, I feel really out of depth trying to put those sort of things down on paper. And then watching like X Machina, that was the first film that I've seen after we did that, um, and it just got me thinking how much of this is actually on the paper, and how much, yeah. I mean, it, because it's a writer-director as well, it, it, it might be a little bit of an exception, because I know, he knows what he's wanting. But I know Curb, the enthusiasm, uh, each episode has maybe two to three pages, three, four That was brilliant, pages. what are you saying, that so-and-so has an argument, and yeah, that was all that was on the page. That could be direction, yeah. I still need to get that. I need to download all of that. Um, and then, uh, I mean, well, The Office is another good example as well because you watch that and you think, no matter what you think of The Office, it is. Maybe I need to give that a chance and rewatch that because I, I never got into that at all. I I think it gets better every single time you watch it because you notice things that you never noticed before. And with with Ricky Gervais, he he's able to look at the camera in a certain way, and. I've watched lots of documentaries where they're talking about the characters and they said, right, well, we needed, we needed the viewer to have an entrance into this world. Yeah. So he says, sometimes Tim will just look at the camera like that, as if to say, are you, are you getting all this? To the audience. Are yeah, you, yeah. Are you seeing what's happening? Are you seeing the sort of conditions after working? Is that I have to put up <laughs> yeah. with? And he says, uh, and they thought of lots of characters like that. And then, then with Dawn, they, they, they thought, right, well, she has to be attractive, but she can't be too attractive. You know, and and uh, you know, said because the camera's there, the the love story between Dawn and Tim can't. It has to be done with, with your know, looks and and like body language and stuff like that. It's very very clever. Um, but they said almost none of it is improvised. Almost none of it. Ninety nine percent of it is in the script. Wow. He said it just looks improvised. But he says they work very very hard on. You know, they said Maybe. Ricky would just act out act things out. Uh, so would Steve, and then record it on a dictaphone, and then transcribe it, and transcribe the best bits, and move things around. Oh, okay. Um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's 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 incredible, really. Yeah. See, no, and I don't know. This is another thing. The 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 tear. I don't know if you ever watched um, the. Well, no, you won't have done like the bit where he's crying, where where I think it's the two specials, and he he wants his job back. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and he's he's a uh, the most convincing. Like crying actor that I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. It, it makes you it makes you genuinely upset. I don't know how he can do it, but he can. <laughs> but he says he does one in extras as well, where he's in um, the Big Brother house. Yeah, and he sort of realizes that he's he's only really got one friend. That's that Maggie. Um, is she called Maggie? I mean, she's called Maggie. Yeah, and he's sort of forsaken her because he wants fame and riches and stuff, and he he tells her that she needs to grow up and and you know because she's got. She's just got a she's got a house with just teddy bears everywhere, and and he says you need to grow up, get rid of all this shit, you know, like your yeah, life's life's happening, and you 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 act act like a kid or whatever. And he realizes that he's sort of like really, really blown, not blown his chance with it because he doesn't he doesn't fancy her. She's like his only friend in the world, and yeah. he, he he cries on set on you know when he's on um, 
when he's on Big Brother. He's way that's it. He goes on celebrity Big Brother in the extras TV show. If that makes sense, you know, kind of like it's yeah, a yeah, bit of okay. a but you know, uh, extra exception. <laughs> you know, but but then he says all of those were done in one take. He says the trouble it because once you cry, you feel better. <laughs> and he says he can't do it again. He can't do so it. So he, he, he says he knows no one way. take, and that's it. It's, it's done. Wow. Which is, which is, I think it's incredible. See, I don't know whether, knowing, knowing, knowing things like that, does that make the viewing experience better? And if so, why are they not more, why, why are things like that not more prominent in, because I, I, I watched The Office, I was like, oh, I don't know this. I was, I was just not, not. Well, I, t- I had maybe a Maybe it, it was like 10 years ago as well, so maybe I was a slightly different person, but I just wasn't interested in it. I, mean, I heard a funny story from Stephen Merchant that said he was on a train and he overheard two women, and one of them said, oh, I, saw this, I saw this really funny um, uh, documentary <laughs> yesterday. It was, it was hilarious. It was, it was about that they were following these people in an office and stuff. And a friend turned and said, Well, that, that wasn't a documentary, that was a comedy show. And she went, Oh, wasn't it very funny? <laughs> Because it's funny for a documentary, yeah, but not for a Because her comment. perception was that, oh, yeah. this is hilarious as a documentary. As soon as she found out that this is, oh, this is scripted, this is a, this is a, a show, a comedy show, yeah, it wasn't, without it was any canned laughter or anything, then it's not, it's not hilarious. But like the, like the, the, maybe the funniest line I think of all, I mean, so obviously it's a bit controversial, but where they're doing the uh, work training day, yeah, and they have like a half day off and they have like a, a little... Uh, conference room and have a guy that comes in teaching her about customer service and how to better customer service and Brent is obviously up there with this guy and, and they're, they're trying to illustrate bad customer service and good customer service and how to overcome um, you know about how to come a, a, a overcome like a or reason with the customer that's being yeah. you know and um, but Brent wants to be the centre of attention all the time you know so he, he's like oh um, he's like a uh, oh, well, you know, the guy says, you make a complaint to me and I'll be the hotel manager. So Brent's like, oh, um, he says, I'm on, uh, I'm on the thing for my room hasn't been, hasn't been cleared. Uh, uh, you know, I think there's, uh, yeah, there's something what I need to, I need to say something. He's like, I don't care, it's not my shift, I don't care. You know, and eventually Brent gets more and more wound up and then eventually he just shouts, I think there's been a rape up there. <laughs> and the whole room goes quiet. Yeah. And it's just, it's just seconds and seconds and seconds of just silence. Right. <laughs> And all the people that have been interviewed said that was the hardest scene I've ever, ever had to film because they knew that that line was coming up. And it's I mean, such, it's such a ridiculous line. <laughs> it's been a rape up there. And then obviously the guy just looks at Brent as though he's mental. And he's, he's, he's went, and then obviously Brent turns to him and goes, see, I got his attention. Get their attention. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's, oh, because it's not funny in the traditional sense yeah. that a comedy show is funny but um, for me I think it, it, was, I, it, was it that that you were saying that he said um, he was going to put uh, a word at the end of a sentence that was extras was that extras yeah he used to uh, but I think he used to he used to change the, no one else was really allowed to, no one else really improvised but he uh, Ricky used to improvise all the time apparently so he, he was he was walking over to Tim Tim sitting down on his desk and yeah one take, he's, the, he's looking at the camera, he's going, yeah, you're t- Tim Canterbury, Bishop of Canterbury. And then Tim starts laughing, because he, he thinks, oh, well, I didn't know he was going to say that. Then they do the next take, and he comes out, Bishop of Canterbury, Arch, uh, and he says, Archbishop Mazarewa. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
So Tim starts laughing again. Yeah. So then he, he says, are you going to say that this time? Yeah, I'm going to say that. So he says it, Bishop was a Raywa. Then he turns back, to, turns back to the camera, turns back to Tim and goes, bashing the bishop. <laughs> like this. And then Tim obviously... Cracks up again. Yeah. He, he, says, oh, he says, what are you going to say next time? And he's just like, oh, I'm just going to say that. And he walks away and he goes, are you though? Are you just going to say that? Because he doesn't like doing the same take twice for himself. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think those bits, some of those bits are sort of improvised. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, and he used to, I think he, it was walking down a hospital corridor in extras and he turned to Maggie and he said, oh, it's before the scene even started, he said to Maggie, I'm just going to put on a word at the end of um, the Ivy. Yeah. You know, talking about going to the, the Ivy uh, restaurant in London. Yeah. And Maggie goes, oh, what are, you, what, are you, what are your plans at the weekend? And Ricky just goes, ah, oh, just going to go to the Ivy restaurant. And the word was restaurant. Yeah. But she, it was just a normal word. So she starts laughing because, oh, she's like, oh, that's, that's the word that he was going to say after the Ivy. And then, but then she couldn't stop, you see, and he just kept saying Ivy restaurant. So it looks like Ricky's just doing his normal stick. Yeah. He's being the being being the you know the sensible one, and she's just messing up the take every time. It's just after like <laughs> ten takes, everybody's just like, "Oh come on," you know, and they're getting they're getting sort of irate with it. Um, but no, yeah, I think I think I think it's. I mean, I think it just depends on the program, depends on the people that are writing it, whether they're improvise a lot of the stuff, or whether they script it all and, yeah. and then you know, improvise where it needs to be improvised. Um, I think uh, yeah that goes down to to writing as well. I think I mentioned George R. R. Martin's methods before. You know the the, the technician or the architect versus the gardener. Yeah. And he says he he, he says no one is purely te- uh, an architect versus a gardener when they're writing or doing anything creative. But he says he often thinks of it as a journey, say from like Los Angeles to California, Los Angeles to California, <laughs> say like uh, Los Angeles to New York. Yeah. He says you know the major roads you're going to go. You know you're going east. Yeah, you know, um, you know you're going to use a car, but yeah. you don't know where you're going to stop for fuel. You don't yeah, know whether you're where you're going to, yeah, which hitchhike, what sort of hitchhiker you're going to pick up halfway along the way. You don't know where there's going to be a diversion, and you're going to have to go through like a little accident. town. Yeah, you don't know whether you know you don't might have an accident or something, a flat tire, a fire on the way, there's a rainstorm, stops um, everything. Yeah, so all the little. And I think that's parts that's the, the fun of Ryan for me is having an overall plan of something and then just writing and just seeing what happens. You just see what happens along the way. Um, I think that's the that's the joy. Yeah, that, that's that's the enjoyable part. That's a, I suppose that's a bit that you don't know when you started writing the story. Like you say, when you yeah. you start writing the story, and you know that you know how it's going to start. You know the kind of setup. You know what's going to happen in the middle. And you know the ending. You because if I'm guessing, if you didn't have that, then you don't really know that you're going to write a book. No, so it's, it's sort it's of like set off in Los Angeles, and not knowing where you're going. Yeah. Well, you know, you might end up in Canada. You might end up in you know, New Mexico, you might end up in the, you know, Pacific. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you just, you know. Um, I wonder whether you could, could you write a book like that? Just, what, just start off writing? Just start writing and see what happens. That'd be interesting to see where it actually goes. Because you could, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I think I would, I think it would be almost luck, or, no, not luck, it'd be, stick a million, uh, stick a million monkeys in a room with a typewriter and eventually you'll get the complete works of Shakespeare. Yeah. A million times. Or a million times. times, infinite amount of times. Yeah. Or just once. Yeah. Yeah. Curious. Well, what else have we got? Your bow's still not come, has it? No, my bow has still not come, uh, which I'm furious about. But, uh, I mean... And you snap the strings on the other one, so you can't even shoot. No, I can't even shoot, no. No. Um, I'm probably a bit too busy. I'm, too, well, no, I'm not a bit too busy to shoot. 
can always spare some time to shoot. Um, but I'm looking forward to getting it. But it, it, yeah, it better come before we move. When do you move? I don't know. I don't know yet. Maybe at end of this month, start of next month, something right. like that. Because we've got to, we've got to give enough time to move everything over and then sort the place uh, out that we've moved from. Um, I move all our posts over and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I thought if we give it sort of like a you know, three, four weeks, it's that's enough time to time to move everything over. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Um, but it'll be a very it'll be a very different you know lifestyle. It, it, it's like like now I can I can come and see you almost any time, and you can come and see me. And I'm going to see Kat, I went to see Katie the other day because she's only just down the road now. Yeah. You know, and it's. It, so obviously leaving leaving friends behind that, that I can't see just just on the drop of a hat, you know, um, and it's it's in the sticks and it's more or less in the middle of nowhere. So I'll, I'll be doing a lot more work, a lot quieter life style, you know, and it is, yeah. um, you know, we won't be going into town anywhere near as much, you know, to, to cinema or, or whatever. I mean, Norwich is only thirty minutes away, so it's yeah, not it's not like thirty minutes away. But, but I then I suppose, I suppose, if with it being like thirty minutes, I mean, where you live now, you're like five minutes away from the cinema, five minutes away from TGIs, five minutes away from all these little bits. I yeah. suppose if you're now thirty minutes away from things, it just means that when you do go into town to the cinema, it's a bit more of an event. Yeah. So you'll be going in, and you'll be, you'll have a meal out, and then you'll go to the cinema, and then you'll just kind of stay and have a drink, and you'll make an event of it, yeah. make a kind of a day of it, rather than just. I'm nipping in to see a film. I think I'm a, I, I'm a bit of a misanthrope, you know. The missus always says so, but she is as well, so that's why we, that's why we, get, that's why we get on. <laughs> or not. But, um, you know, and, and the people I hang around, I've said before, it's just, you know, a, a very small country of people. But, yeah. uh, and, you know, I, I'm looking forward to just having that peace and quiet and just being able to work and just produce. You know, this year I really want to sort of get on, get the, the get Ancient's Landing done. Get you know, the paperback ebook and, and audiobook out for that. So I've got two novels then, and a bit more, my writing style's developing a bit more. Work a lot on Sol and some of yeah. the other ones, and I think it should be a year that I produce a lot of work. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, yeah. Bentrick, if you're listening, that was an audiobook uh, suggestion if you want to uh, audition for Ancient's Landing. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely, need, need auditionees. Auditionees. Um, yeah, the, the Pegasus one is nearly out. Um, oh yeah, go on. It came, it came, it? It came back, and the, the I think uh, Steve Barnes, the, the narrator producer, had put in um, some really cool music at the start, kind of like yep. atmospheric. Uh, you know, uh, oh, that's excellent. Kind of like that, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was, I thought it was a lot sort of halo. <laughs> I've got a halo. Um, and uh, yeah, I think the the intro and the chapter one was was were put together. An audible don't allow that. They need everything to be separate. So the intro's one chapter oh, okay. on your iPhone or whatever. Chapter oh, one, really? chapter okay. two, chapter three. So you yeah. can you can listen to a particular chapter as well. Yeah, yeah. Nothing, okay. nothing can be. Li- I think it is all links, but you can just you know, skip through. I think yeah. that's how they have it's to like have chapters, it. So, so when I go on my dash ACX dashboard, I can download each individual you know intro, uh, um, prologue, chapter one, chapter two, wow. chapter three. Chapter yeah, so I've got to download all of those, and it's just going through. It takes about a week, seven to ten days, for the audio to be approved. Um, so do you want to play? The, do you want to play the prologue on the podcast next week? How long is absolutely. the prologue? Uh, I think it's only the. Um, I can play a bit of chapter one. Play a bit of chapter. That's that sounds yeah, cool. Play a bit of chapter one, yeah. Yeah, um, stick a bit of chapter one on the podcast. It's very cool. I mean, a really cool experience, and it's it's just it's so surreal hearing. 
Your... Because he, he, it sounds it sounds different. I mean, I, I I know the story too well now, and it's kind of like it's a bit. Uh, I'm just listening for either mis- no no not mistakes. I'm listening to it, going oh, I could have done that better, or I could have done that better, and stuff. And yeah, um, but there you know you just you know you don't you don't just keep going back to a single project. You just do another project and try and make that one better, yeah. and then the next one make that one better. Yeah, totally. You know, I mean, uh, Kevin Smith famously says that when he's he he writes out all his script, and anybody who watches Kevin Smith films knows that it's very dialogue based, very dialogue heavy, um, and he'll he'll film a scene between two actors, and uh, he'll he'll give them the script, and he'll sit there and he'll listen and watch them reading his his words and like putting it bringing it to life, and uh, they'll say right cut. Can we, can we can we do another take, please? And the actors will be like, "Well, what was wrong with that one?" I said nothing. I just like hearing my shit being being spoken. It's it's great hearing my stuff being brought, yeah. brought to life. Let's do another take. So he just kind of just he can't stop doing takes because he likes it, seeing and hearing his own stuff yeah. being brought to I'll, life. So I'll, I'll, I bet it's an awesome experience. You know, things out there now. And if, if I stay, you know, I mean, I don't know whether to. Uh, I don't think I necessarily seek publishers for these ones and I like I like doing these novels myself and stuff because I have total creative control and stuff and yeah. I don't know how how that would change with the yeah um, I wonder how the, with a publisher I mean I'm not sure if they came along and said right we'll give you this much money for that and we you know there's a chance we could get yeah you know, we know some film guys or whatever else um, and I would I would like to be publishing in that sense just because you know getting a New York Times bestseller list potentially I mean it's, yeah it's, it's, yeah it's a, Slim chance, isn't it really? But um, or, or anything like that, or going into Waterstones and seeing your name on a on a book and stuff. Yeah, you know, I, I wrote that. You know, that's 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 a small little that little thing. Cool. You know, I, mean, I, I don't want to be famous or anything. I just want to. So if you're self published, if you're self published, can you not um, distribute out to places like Waterstones? No, there's no way no, they they, they, they only with, deal with publishers. Okay. Yeah, or distributors. Yeah, um, which is. But it's just the way the way the market works, isn't it? Really? Yeah, I was just um, curious because I suppose you know that you could say a publisher is a is the arbiter of quality, but then yeah. again, there are some shit books out there. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, people well, people that don't like sci-fi or don't like well might just think my Pegasus one is a, is a piece of crap. But then again, I, I look. So at you should you should get ten printed because they've all got ISBN numbers on the back, haven't they? Yeah, if you get ten printed and just take them in and just like drop them into Waterstones on the shelf under K or uh, M. Under M, in the sci-fi section, in the and then write to the newspaper. Should and say, do, really, yeah. Write to the newspaper and say, "Yeah, I've just put ten Pegasus One copies in Waterstones." First ten people will go there. Just, just, just see who who picks them up. How long you got? Probably no, it can't be illegal, can it? I don't know. You're not, you're not stealing. You're unstealing. <laughs> you're giving away free content. Yeah. So yeah, just putting 10, 10 copies of the book on the shelf and then seeing if anybody well, goes un- and picks yeah, it up. Unstealing. So and so then takes get, it to the board. Instead of getting arrested, they, they, have, they have to reward you. Has it got price on the back? No. No. So it's just got just the ISBN. ISBN number. Yeah. You can't scan that, can you? I don't know. No, I don't think you can. That's, can that's you? not that's bizarre. Bizarre. Be interesting. Yeah. Interesting yeah. experiment. Tell the newspaper that you've done it. Yeah, but I mean, local, again, local author puts. <laughs> then again, there's plenty of. I mean, I made maybe. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess novels, novels are different to fitness books and you know, uh, non-fiction books, aren't they? I would, I would like. That to would be, be quite cool, actually. If you if you just went to put them into Waterstones and and said, I don't know whether you can mark them as free. I don't know. I really, yeah, I really don't know actually. There's got to be. I'm trying to think whether there's a. 
a way of doing it and kind of linking it in with social media as like a an author's experiment to see how quickly on a one I've never seen this right I've never seen a book with the title that's not landscape on the spine I'm, I'm talking about how do you mean well <laughs> why <laughs> you, you get a book and you look at the spine horizontally yeah. you can yeah. obviously read the title can't you yeah why isn't it that way, it's from top to bottom. We and had this shelf. conversation with, when I was at Games Workshop, I had to do a set of folders for the store, for the kind of store brand standards. Um, and I put, I put it up, and I was looking at all the books, um, and I was noticing that they were all written, if you turn a book over and you lie on a coffee table, then you can read the title, which I didn't twig, but I just knew that they were written down the... Down the down, down the spine. spine. Yeah. Uh, I think it was you who said, "Yeah, well, it's done that so that when you put it on the coffee table, you can read it." I was like, "Oh, okay, that kind of makes sense." And we did. I did three different designs, and I think I based it on a CD case. So if you put if you had a CD case and you put it up, then you kind of you're used to tilting your head a tiny bit and being able to read up and down the spine. So I did three different three different designs. One where it read up the spine. One where it read down the spine. And then one, like you said, where the uh, letters were stacked on top of each other. Yeah. And I said, which one looks better? The head of design, kind of the head of design of our department, um, not my direct manager, but his manager, said, I like the stacked view. Everybody else said, I like the one where you read it down, because you, you're able to read it that way. Your mind is kind of, it, even though the words are over on a side, the shape of the word is still yeah, is still yeah. there. Um, but because the boss said I like the stack version, I almost had to put out the stack version. Okay. Um, my my boss then said no, ignore it. <laughs> put put out the one that reads with something like I mean, with down, a, but it it maintains the shape when you read it. I mean, with down. a book like Sol, if if I have a title see, that of Sol, would be cool. see, because it's only three letters, three letters. Three letters. Three letters. Three letters. Then, then that would be that could almost take yeah. up the whole spine and, and yeah, S O L. You know, with um, the with the planet in the middle, or the body. Yeah, the star is the O. That's what I thought. Of. It'd be quite cool. Um, but I can see, I can see that that trilogy, epic, whatever you want to call it. I can see that being a very almost. I don't want to say the word. Almost um, Mockingjay esque front cover being very bland and then very being very black and then just the bang of the star on one of them and then a picture of another planet on so the, I'd on love the next to, one. I'd love, I think that would be I think it'd just look cool enough to do that. Very, yeah. very cool. Or even on even on the spine having just the planets yeah. in a row. Boom. I like that. Like it. Yeah. I could even try I could even try those designs out actually on um, that's a good thing about Create Space, you can see you could try those designs out. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even, even think of having ideas of having like a bigger book and having getting some artists to draw some of the characters. Oh, really? Uh, to start the to, like a, to like start a poster. The, no, no, not actually a poster, but um, the way I the way I thought about writing was to have it the each a different the chapters from the viewpoint of a specific character. Yes. So one of the characters. Oh, so you're going to have the characters drawn at the beginning of the chapter. Yeah. So one of the characters awesome. is called uh, Volcanus Vix. Volcano, obviously Volcanus is his first name. So I wanted to tell him to be a bit of a nasty, bit of a uh, you know, scheming, conniving character. So, uh, and have a pit, just a picture, like a... 
You need to you need to ask my friend Carl Kopinski to draw those. See, that's I need I need a, a very specific style, but the bit the, yeah. the, the style to be consistent. Yeah, you see what I mean. Carl Carl Kopinski. Carl Kopinski. I'll send I'll send him a message. Where's there. he live? Where's he live? Nottingham. Nottingham. Yeah, awesome guys. The guy's incredible. He went over to was it Comic Con? Went over to New York Comic Con and just drew for a week. He was just sat there just wow. drawing. Do, what does he he's do? Awesome. Does he do he's an artist. work like that? Does yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Oh, right. He's he's drawn for. Full-time um, artist, then. Yeah, yeah, full-time wow. artist. Yeah. He's drawn for loads of stuff. He, he does lots of Magic of the Gathering, Magic Gathering cards. Um, if you, if you, if any of you play Magic Gathering, if you look at the pictures on um, on the cards, probably 60 percent are drawn by Carl. Wow, the guy's awesome. He's he's really cool. He's one of my favourite artists. Um, he just sketches for the hell of it. I'm, I'm sure I've linked some of his stuff to you before. I was like, Ash, you need to follow this guy. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, because I want to. I want to almost create a. Um... But he did lots of. Um, he used to do lots of concept artwork for Games Workshop. So um, they'd say, right, okay, well, we're going to create um, the Necrons, uh, which are like a cross between a Terminator and Egyptians. Uh, and he'd wow. just kind of throw out concept art. Um, it's really, really cool. It's really cool. Really I mean, because I'd, like really nice I'd like to produce something like that, but I'd like for Sol to be more of a. Not just words. I, yeah. I'd want it to be kind of like people to read this book Almost and then touching on graphic novel. Yeah, and f- for the, but but no, not just that, but just and just picture, just a picture at the beginning of each mm. chapter, maybe almost like a either just the character that the chapters revolved around, either so if it's Septimus, you know, the the hero of the, of the story sort of thing, or if if it's, if it's Volcanus, or if it's you know some of the other guys or Tim, or, or, yeah. Tim. <laughs> Bob, Bob. <laughs> Volcanus Vix turns to Bob and says hello. Volcanus, yeah, I love that. I love that name. Volcanus Vix, my yeah. uh, one of my. I love sort of Latin, in, uh, Latin influenced. Um, you get a lot of that stuff in in uh, the Horus Heresy as well, you know. Yeah. Um, one of my uh, yeah, a number of my characters in uh, my um, in EverQuest and everything. They were uh, I had Mors Mortis, uh, which was just basically death. Uh, Salor Celerita, which was uh, Celerita. No, not celery eater. <laughs> Everybody always used to say, "You got a celery eater?" No, celery eater, uh, which is uh, fast and quick because uh, he was a rogue. Um, Diablo was obviously devil, or, or a version of devil. Yeah, um, which still runs through. I play Destiny as Diablo, mm. but um, no, it's, it's I love I love Latin names like that. But yeah, I'd, I'd love to. Latin let's almost create well. like a. Uh, uh, a world that's a bit more, you know, so somebody say somebody buys the ebook or something, they're not just getting like a load of text, they're getting some, they're getting some other things that that contribute to their view of the character. So even though I'll put a load yeah. of description about the about how the character is and what they look like and what what, what their it's, clothes are like, and it's almost it's almost like your like uh, Lord of the Rings with the with the map at the beginning and yeah. and little bits of the the text that's actually on the ring, yeah, the, the elven text that's on the ring. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. that'd be cool. Yeah, I'll I'll send Carl a message. Yeah, I mean, even if I bought, because there's no limit. You can bring out an A4 size book. It doesn't matter. You you can if you want to. Yeah, we create space, and it's it's I'll all like that'd a, be so make, make, good a, make a small race A4 book. You know, you can almost I, make it almost turns into like a coffee book, a uh, coffee table book. Then yeah, but it's it. a novel. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. I, I was thinking, well, why are novels always that big? Because uh, even the big ones, the big epics, you can't really carry them around in your bag. No. Well, you, well, you can, but you can't carry them around, you know, in a handbag and stuff. And a lot of the time, you wouldn't want to read a book like that while you're on the tube anyway. Yeah. You know, so I, I think, well, you know, and, and let's, let's, let's break the mould a little bit. Let's exactly be yeah. different, not better, as Chase um, Dragos always says. Yeah. 
Anyway. I like it. I like it. So yeah, Carl Kopinski. Carl Kopinski. Right, yeah, I'll um, if you want to go and look at some serious art, yeah, I'm going to check him out again. Actually, yeah, I'll show you some stuff when we uh, when we get up there. Should we, what, what are we on? We must be on about two hours. Okay, we've yeah. been chatting forever. An hour yeah. fifty. Cool. cool. So next week then. Yeah? Next week. The next week. Tuesday. Shall we come to yours? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm 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 full time photography now, so uh, I've got a shoot tomorrow. I'm shooting for Jaguar. Awesome. I've got a Alpha. Big time. Big yeah. Time. I've got yeah. an Alpha 105 Julietta to shoot on Thursday, and then I've got an Astra to shoot on Sunday, um, and then I've got to go and find some Japanese cars to shoot to uh, pitch to the editor of Japanese Performance because I love Japanese cars. So I've now found an outlet for them because I've had a conversation with him. Um, I've got a guy, uh, a friend of mine, or oh, well, a friend of. One of the ladies that I coached at David Lloyd, um, who lives up in York, who's got a nut and bolt restoration of a Mark One Jaguar E-Type, wow, uh, Roadster, which I'm going to go and photograph. I need to go up and just I'm just going to go up there and kind of meet him, and then sort out a shoot because he's also got a Porsche RSR, uh, which is like a 911 racing 911. Oh wow, <laughs> really? How is that? Yeah, uh, with the huge wheel axis and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so that'll be that. really cool to go and see. And then I've got to, obviously, I've got to phone Paul Stevens down in Essex uh, and sort out the 911 shoot down there. Um, so, yeah, lots of things to just kind of tick off. It's really nice. And guess what I don't have to do today at 5 o'clock? Coach. Go and coach. Amazing. So I'm, it's, do I? it's really cool. Yeah, you don't have to coach. You never coached anyway, even when you were doing your PT. Just yeah. stood there and shouted at him. Do more press-ups, do more sit-ups. Do more this, certainly. Yeah. Cool. Brilliant. Well, that's Absolutely brilliant. Right, we'll have to um, we'll have to try and uh, sort out a time to go and shoot again as well. Absolutely, yeah. For a while. So yeah, I think this bow turns up next week. It should do. What date are we on? Is it the eleventh today? It is the tenth. The tenth. Uh, it says on the website they're due on the fifteenth. So yeah. hopefully, so maybe it'll come next week. Then. Fingers yeah. crossed. I mean, it wasn't. They weren't released in the states until the fifteenth of Jan. So any sort of delay. I'm just really just looking forward to kind of a seeing it and b then going down to Merlin, kind of catching up with Grizzly Jim, Mister Grizzly Jim, and kind of getting it set up and yeah, get some and finding it. some more out about the arrows and things, and then going and shooting it. I want to see the trajectory change between. Because you've always, you've always, <laughs> you've always complained about your trajectory that you have to aim so high. You right. Um, I mean, you know what I mean, though. It's yeah, just, no, I do. The arc was just you, did, you never seem like to have yards. enough pop out of your bow. Mine was yeah. a little bit more because I had a two inch further, no, two inch longer draw, so I had a little bit more pop. But then going up to a fifty pound, mm. fifty pound compound, boom. Yeah, cool. Blake, if you're listening, you've got a challenge to try and get to the compound bow to me before Ash's compound bow gets in. That'd be easy. <laughs> Still going. Still going. Right, let's go get a cup of tea. Some lunch. Thank you very much. Cheers, guys. We will see you all next week. Have a good weekend. Ash, do you want to say anything before? I think you should play us out, actually. What's up? Really? Yeah, play us out. Go on, rock it, rock it, rock on. Rock on! What's, what's, uh... I learned Game of Thrones the other day. What is it? No way. Um, what was it? Uh... That was it. Something like that. I hate you. I hate you. So you put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> and I fluffed it. That was brilliant. <laughs> Go on, rock some Nile quick.
I've or got, Megadeth. Got, What's your favourite Megadeth song? Um... I'm still getting used to this guitar actually. That's that's is it still playing. Pretty is it still much. playing. Yeah, yeah I've got I've got my girlfriend's got ESP Horizon, and I always thought it was absolutely amazing. And I found one for about half the half the cost that I knew. Not that that annoyed it's, her. It, it's it's been no, she, yeah, she hates it now. <laughs> uh, it's slightly <laughs> different, nice. but it's um, I like I like the and the only mark is that on the back. Yeah, there. which I think I might be able to polish out, but um, but I've never. But this is kind of like a, uh, a strap Stratocaster shaped body. Yeah, I, so I'm still I'm still getting used to these because I've never played them before. I've always played like V's and stuff, so it's um, it's nice though. It does sound good. And you said you're going to change the pickups. What did you say? Did you say the pickups are muddy? Yeah, they're just they're just noisy. They, they they don't have sort of any. I I, I don't really like how, high gain stuff. How but, was the um, setup where that you took? Because you took you took it in uh, last week to get set up. Yeah, I took it on Friday to get set up. Um, the was guy he had been in the box for like four months or something. Yeah, um, and the neck was quite. He'd, he'd obviously done some, and the neck was quite sort of bowed. So there was a bit of fret buzz, and the action was really high. And um, the guys just set it up, and it's it's all in tune now everywhere. Bang on what you bang on how you like to play. Yeah, it's all nice, yeah. Um, nice. A t- I mean, there's a tiny bit of fret buzz. You can hear it, sort of thing. Oh, yeah. You can hear that. Just hide it very well. Um, so, I mean, some might have but you, there's like a trade off between the height of the strings from the fretboard. Uh, no fret buzz, but then obviously it takes longer for the string to get down to the fret, so then it's harder to play. Faster, yeah, that's then, why I don't. I, I struggle no. playing Lindsay's Washburn because the uh, action's so high on that. The acoustic, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it makes the sustains longer if the action's higher. Yeah. Especially if you've got like an electric amp, you know, if, if you're playing sort of. Uh, I mean, I've, we've got it on the clean now, so that's why it sounds like. Um, yes, yeah, it's a beautiful guitar. Nice. The guy was saying Japanese stuff is just absolutely immense. And I've got, and I've got my Rand, <laughs> I've got my Rand custom coming in about September, October. Yeah, that'd be nice. Like that'd be nice. Seven string, same like Strat style shaped body. Yeah. Because I've really got into playing classically, you know. So if 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 you listen, you don't know what classical style is. It's kind of like, um, very. I'm right handed, so the, the the guitar's obviously right handed, and it sits on my left leg. So then the neck points up at about forty five degrees, and it just means I can stretch and play, play a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, it's really, really nice. Yeah. Um, but like I say, it's just taking a bit of time to get used to. No, it's nice. Yeah. I like I like the body. I like the contours on the body. It, it, it um, yeah, definitely, definitely the kind of the contours that I want to put into mine when I make it. <laughs> Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Anyway, season five. Five soon. Yeah. Season five soon. Did we finish like ten minutes ago? Yeah, we did. Yeah, it's yeah. it's alright, we just added an extra 20 minutes onto the podcast just chatting about yeah. a guitar. Brilliant. Spot on. Do we have to do another high five? Do you want some lunch? Do you want to stay for lunch? Uh, I'll have to get back actually because we've got. Because you need to write. No, well, we've got another viewing of the property. I don't need to write, yeah, I need to get 4,000 words on today. Cool. Um, right. 
But come on. Another one. That was a rubbish one. Come on. No, it's not bad. Right, cool. See you later, guys. Bye-bye. We are really gone now, I promise. Ding!